Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A crazy woman attacked my daughter at the movies. My daughter, who is 16, is part of the LGBTQ community, and she likes to dress in a very androgynous slash boyish way. This is okay. She's always been like this, and this year she's been free to express herself. A few months ago, she got a pixie cut, which looks amazing on her. When the Super Mario movie came out, she went to see it at the cinema with some of her friends. I wasn't there, so this is the story she told me. After the film, they wanted to go somewhere else to eat, but first she went to the toilet in the theater. There, she saw a middle-aged woman and her little daughter. Now, my daughter was quick, but when she came out of the stool, the woman confronted her. One of the things she said was, Why are you here? You should not be here. My daughter was obviously confused, and then the woman grabbed her by the hair and shouted, Why are you after my child? My daughter then cried and said, Please, let me go. After begging as if her life depended on it, the woman let her go and then demanded that she prove she was a girl. My daughter cried and froze while this crazy woman screamed at her and told her to take off her trousers. She refused, of course, but a man came in, saw what was happening and said to the woman, Honey, what the hell are you doing? The woman pointed to my daughter and said, This man tried to touch my child. The man just looked at her in confusion and said, Let's get out of here now. So they left and didn't come back security was called but they'd already left the theater my daughter was reunited with her friends and then she called me she was very upset and panicked obviously it was traumatic for her we're still working on it but she's been very quiet in therapy the days after that she tried to dress as feminine as possible she almost looked like barbie but i could tell she was miserable and hated every minute of it We tried begging her to stop and just be herself, but she's afraid that some random person will attack her again. She finally stopped, but is trying to be modest in her style. I've had enough of this town. Since my husband and I became openly LGBTQ allies, we've seen some people ostracize us. Even my sister told me I should match my daughter with a boy to fix her. It's even worse for her, of course, because her school does nothing about bullying and the school district is discussing banning books. I was seriously planning to move to a bigger city and a better state and both my daughter and my husband agreed. I'm very sad that I didn't realize earlier how bigoted this town and my environment are because until last year, we didn't deviate from the norm. I need to make sure that my daughter can be safe and be herself. Since she came out, our bonds as a family have become so much stronger but relations with the rest of the town have deteriorated and many bridges are being burned. But they're not my daughter, so I don't care. Wow, that is incredibly sad, to be honest. Um, the fact that you have to leave an entire area that, hey, maybe maybe it's been a nice place because they're just bigoted or the, the environment and the people are just, you know, openly homophobic is crazy. I can't quite fathom that, but yeah, all I'd say is if you guys all are in agreement and you can financially do it, do it. You've got to for the sake of your daughter and yourselves as well. And you don't want to be around people like that anyway, no matter, you know, which way you swing. But for your daughter, for her to have a life where she feels accepted and doesn't feel forced to dress in a certain way, that is truly tragic. Yeah, 
you've got to move as quickly as you can. Now, the final post in today's episode is actually an update from another episode of mine that you guys seem to really enjoy. It was from a few days ago. I'll put the link down below in the top line of the description. The thumbnail is on screen right now. But just to remind you briefly of what happened, there are a number of stories, a number of updates from the same person. And we pretty much just went through them all one by one. And I said at the end of that one, if there was another update, then I'd cover it. And there is. So to give a little summary as to what happened overall in that story, it was all about OP going on a family vacation and just not wanting to be a free babysitter. Then his family found his post on Reddit. It kind of got a little bit more tense in the family as you can probably guess his sister then demanded he takes all his posts down he said no then there was a final update after the family vacation and now we have a little bit more so here we go mother and sister saw my last post they really don't know when to let well enough alone hey mum. hey sis i warned you that if you didn't stop i would go right back to reddit and here i am the short of it is that my mother and sister saw my last post and freaked out my sister was stalking my account for days because she knew i'd post well what did she expect that i'd just say everybody had a good time she called me and cried that i made her look like a bad mother i ended up replying well if the glass slipper fits my sister argued with me some more but i asked her to name anything in the post that was a lie she tried several times but i pointed out that every detail was spot on so what does she do she calls mummy Then my mother showed up at my door, demanding I delete all the posts. I told her, no, and now I have ammunition for one more. I ended up making her leave crying. I spoke with my mother and father over the phone later and bluntly told them that their enabling of my sister led to the previous family dynamic. I will never go back to how things were. So if they have any hope of that left, I'm stuffing it out for good. My parents then told my sister for the love of God to stop blaming me and to leave me alone. They can't take the stress of my retaliation anymore. Well, my sister had a literal no one loves me pity party and my parents had to snap her back to reality. My brother-in-law hasn't called. Pretty sure he's staying indifferent slash neutral. But this can't be good for his marriage or my familial connection to him. So out of respect to my brother-in-law, I am sorry, man. But your wife just pushed me too far. Currently, my parents are insisting my sister gets counseling because she can't be a mum and juggle the habits of her old life too. Woman up, as they say. Either way, I'm hoping this is my last post. You hear that, sis? If you don't stop thinking I should have been your personal slave, babysitter, watchdog, etc., etc., and you want to keep acting like the whole world is against you because you can't lord over me, then we can't be around each other. Maybe we can get along and move past this rubbish if you're willing. Don't give me a reason to write anything else and the Reddit posts about you end here. I'll only post ones involving me and the treatment I get from people. Treat me like a decent human being and this will be over. Capiche? And then we actually have one more final update from OP in this same post. My parents and I had a long talk in which they have apologized. And for the moment, we've agreed that I'll keep a bit of distance until Thanksgiving. I also had a man-to-man talk with my brother-in-law last night over some cold beers. He told my sister she needed counseling or he would separate from her. And they're in the process of finding her a counselor. He also told me that while my sister was an absolute witch to me, at home, she's a very loving and endearing wife. But she also admitted that she likes being an only child. We're nearly a decade apart in age, so my sister held on to some resentment about that for a long time and just let it build up. She's agreed that she does need counseling. Hang on, I need to, hang on. Your sister is 10 years older than you then, right? 
I, I assume I'm getting that right. And is acting like this. I, I don't know why. I just presumed you were similar ages. But she's 10 years older than you and acting like a two-year-old. Unbelievable. What a person. Nonetheless, uh, let's carry on. She's agreed that she does need counseling and will be going as soon as they get it set up. They've also found a qualified babysitter to look after my nephews. Aside from those things, my brother-in-law did admit that he was angry with me too, but didn't step in when I needed him. So we've agreed that this was all just a very bad situation that needs to be ended. So we're just gonna let it rest in peace from here on out. And lastly, these posts have gotten me a girlfriend. The girl I like had a feeling it was me after she read them and was just waiting for me to say something. And we'll be going on our first date tonight. So I thank everybody here for their immense support. I really needed it. And there we go. Nice little ending there. Good to see some positivity come from this story. It does actually sound like, you know, after all that's that's been said and done. And guys, if you haven't, by the way, seen an entire episode that has about four different stories from OP about his family, go and watch that link down below. It, uh, it looks like we're getting somewhere. People are, are making up. Apologies are happening. People are maturing a little bit. In your sister's case, I don't know if that's true, but at least she's accepted that she needs to go to counselling. That's a pretty crazy thing to do, to be fair. I mean, I rate it. I really do. Uh, yeah, she has the ultimatum from her husband, but still, it's a good thing to do to accept that, you know what, I need to I need to improve her or, or work on some things. And uh, the fact that you've got a girlfriend now or, you know, you're starting to date a girl is brilliant. If there's one thing this episode has shown, it's the power of Reddit as a community. And uh, yeah, I love it. Friend wants to use me as her backup ATM. Next month, I am going away on vacation with a long-time friend. We're going to the Caribbean for five nights. It's not all-inclusive, so we will be responsible for paying for food, drinks, and any activities. My friend asked me how much I was bringing in cash. I said $300 cash plus debit and credit cards. She told me she's going to bring $300 in cash, but no debit or credit cards. She said she's on a budget and $300 is her limit. I explained that that comes to around only $60 per day. This is not one of the cheaper Caribbean islands. So after food and drink alone, that won't leave her with much left over. I reminded her that she needs to factor in cabs, incidentals, or any activities we may decide to do. And you never know if an emergency will come up where she'll need money. But she says to me, well, that's why I have you and started to laugh. That angered me to no end. I tell her that we're both adults who are responsible for our own selves. It would be one thing if she lost her purse and needed money. I'd float her money before she even had time to ask. But to purposely use me as her backup ATM? Yeah, that's not going to work. I told her that now that I know what she's up to, I'm not going to go along with it. If she runs out of money, she'll just be asked out and hungry. She needs to bring her cards with her for her own good. She's now telling me I am too harsh and she'll bring extra money but no cards. I told her, do what she wants, but if there's an emergency, she is on her own. Now, the great news about this story is that OP posted an update after the trip ended. And uh, yeah, let's see how it went down and just how her friend reacted. So first of all, OP says, thanks to everyone for the feedback and suggestions. It truly did save the vacation. Here are the highlights. One, some of you said that the hotel would want a credit card on file from the person who made the reservation now my friend was the one who booked the vacation she put the whole thing on her credit card because she wanted the card points i told her because the reservation was booked through a third-party app the hotel would need the original card used to make the reservation so she was on the hook to bring her credit card i've got no idea if that is true or not but it sounded good based on what you guys commented she wasn't happy that her own greed got her but at least she brought a credit card. Secondly, others mentioned that she was going to sulk and sulk she did. 
When we got to the airport, I told her I was not going to spend the vacation in her misery. So let's hash it out right now. She said that my tone was very rude as if I was accusing her of trying to mooch off of me. But that's what she was doing. I told her to put herself in my shoes. She was deliberately not being responsible and told me to my face that I was her backup plan and laughed about it. It made me feel used and put upon. She apologized and I apologized for being so harsh. Number three, some of you said she would try to be content with cutting corners. Cabs were prohibitively expensive on the island and they didn't take credit cards. So she looked up how to take the local buses. I was fine with that until we waited 45 minutes in the heat for a bus to take us to the mall, island time. Yep, we only took cabs after that. Number four, a few mentioned that she would go through her cash in the first two days. You were close, two and a half days. There were several markets with local jewelry and crafts that she absolutely loved and they only took cash. So she ran through her money rather quickly. She only brought her credit card, not her debit card. So as someone suggested, I made her sell me right then and there the money that I took out the ATM for her. She paid for the exchange and ATM fees. Five, she tried it with the meals. She ordered something big and wanted to split the bill evenly. Normally, I would not nitpick about that, but I just didn't want her to feel like she still got one over me in any way. Since she used her credit card for meals to save the cash she had, I paid what I owed in cash and she paid the rest, her higher portion, with her credit card. And six, overall, we had a good time. We did a few excursions, had shopping and beach time and relaxed. She even told me it was a good thing she brought her credit card. Things only got weird when I asked her to sell me right then and there at the ATM before I gave her the cash, but she knew why I was being so hard-nosed about it. Well, there we go. I think that that right there is how to deal with Entitled People 101. If you know you're going away with somebody that can be a little bit entitled, says things like, oh, don't worry, you'll just give me money if I run out, stuff like that, I think that is the method. You have to just set your stall out from early, Be hard, be tough on them. They're not going to like it, but you have to do it and just say, no, this isn't going to run. This is how things are going to work. You're going to spend your own money on the things you buy. I'm going to do the same. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to be your free ATM, obviously. Now, of course, it was a little bit awkward in a couple of moments and you don't want that. But think how awkward and terrible it could have been for you personally, OP, if there had been no credit card provided from your friend and you'd had to fund it all and you probably wouldn't have got the money back, etc., etc. It would have been a terrible trip. So the fact is, because you posted on Reddit, got all that great advice and were really disciplined with your friend, it seemed like you had a good time actually overall. And uh, yeah, if not for that, I really don't think you would have done. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Grandmother tried to ruin the party, but in the end, got owned. I am a 28-year-old, and I have, with my grandmother, who is 91, the worst relationship. She's emotionally abusive, favorites kids, grandchildren, and great-grandkids, and verbally abused me. And I can keep on going, but trust me, I wouldn't finish. I cut her off and pretended she didn't exist after she was glad that my older brother, who was 25 in 2014, passed away. And when I delivered my dead baby, she said she was pleased that happened to me. After that, at every family event or family reunion, I would pretend that she doesn't exist. 
She tries to get her favorite grandchildren, my cousins, 33, 30, and 26, and my younger brother, who is 23, to try to convince me to talk to her or say hi to her. We're Puerto Rican and unfortunately we're taught to respect our elders. But I didn't care. She's tried everything in her book and nothing has worked. In 2021, my dad got a call from his sister, 52 years old, grandma's favorite daughter, which told him that grandma was sick and wanted every child and grandchild to take care of her since she couldn't do it alone. I refused saying I had college classes and work and I wasn't gonna be doing it since knowing her, she would abuse me verbally. What I didn't know is that I was on speaker and grandma started crying because I disrespected her. She got her favorite grandchildren to try to convince me to take care of her, but I told them no. So a month ago, I graduated from college with my associate degree and one of my aunts organized a barbecue for those that are graduated and those that had birthdays in May. Now my grandma was invited to the barbecue, but I didn't let that get the best of me. We were all having a good time until it was time to do a cheer and congratulations for birthdays and graduations. One of my aunts said in her cheer that after 20 years, they have another magna cum laude graduate and that she's proud of me for never giving up. Everyone was proud until my grandmother screamed to please respect the ones that didn't graduate magna cum laude. Like my aunt said I was the only one while the other ones were recent high school graduates or Please respect the ones that didn't go to college to waste their time. My younger brother didn't go. I kept a cool and calm head and I called her out for everything. That she was mad that the youngest favorite granddaughter didn't graduate magna cum laude. How she loves to defend abusers. My youngest brother has domestic violence history. And how I was done being the verbal punching bag. And much more. My grandmother, favorite daughter and grandchildren left and the party kept on going. I come to my apartment to see multiple messages to apologize to grandma because she felt offended for what I did, but they're blocked, including my brother. Other family members are on my side since they all had to endure my grandma's verbal abuse as well. So yeah, I'll keep clapping back at her. You see, this is why respecting your elders is not always the right thing to do. Now I get it, the majority of the time, yeah, it makes sense. You know, it helps families run in a, in a certain way. Elderly people, I guess adults in theory should be more wise and more intelligent and have more common sense. But of course, it doesn't always work like that especially in situations like this where this grandma is an absolute disgrace at times like this you should be allowed to say you know what i get the whole respect your elders thing and as much as i do like that and i respect the elderly people and, and adults in the family you i do not respect because you mentally abuse people and physically and verbally abuse people that's probably a little bit too much infuriatingly entitled ex my ex is a 43 year old man who enjoyed extreme levels of financial support from his family and doesn't acknowledge it when I met him, he told me he's working on independent art projects. I saw him living independently, going out to eat, staying at hotels. I didn't question too much. After some months though, I understood that this man never really worked. Yeah, some odd jobs here and there, but his rich parents supported him all the way through his 20s with a large allowance. Then in his early 30s, they funded his another four year degree abroad. During that time, they paid his full living expenses and tuition totaling around $400,000. But he did not start working after that either. He got by on art grants he got from the government via fake companies he set up. After some time, he started putting pressure on his family to divide remaining assets. They were reluctant and he started a hunger strike to make things go his way. He got another 150,000 or so from his family 
as a result. During the following two to three years, he spent it all on his projects. I met him during that time and didn't have a full context. During that time, he cut contact with his family and wrote a scathing memoir ebook that he distributed to all family members. The ebook psychoanalyzes everyone in the family, says that he hates his mother, etc. But once the money ran out and his projects didn't pan out, he was left with nothing and no plan B, no real career path or skills. He then mended his relationship with his family and he takes money from them once again. He tried to persuade his 85-year-old father to take a large loan for him. He refuses to consider blue-collar jobs that pay almost nothing and take too much time. He said that he considers his parents' money an equivalent of universal basic income that prevents workers' exploitation. How has he got to that conclusion? Additionally, he tried to persuade me to take a loan for him during our relationship. He also tried to persuade me to give him various kinds of jobs that he could get paid for, like being my assistant. I broke up with him because I'm a self-made person who fought hard for financial stability. And he was not only not self-sufficient, but more than happy to get by exploiting others. He also frequently flew into rage on random occasions. For example, when he thought that a coffee at a coffee shop was too expensive and everyone had to know that he's never coming here again. And I was left apologizing to people and dealing with the stress of it all. Yeah, I mean, this is the definition of a rich entitled kid. Simple as that. This is the problem. And this is why no matter how much money I ever earn ever, I would never just give it all to my kids, especially when they're young. Because you get, you just, you just produce offspring like this that have no understanding of what money is and also have no drive or want or desire to actually go out there and, and make a life for themselves and earn money for themselves because they know that just one little quick question to mummy and daddy and it's coming in anyway. So to be fair, why work? Why bother when you have all the money there anyway? That ultimately, I'm not going to lie, is the fault of the parents as much as it is the kid and this guy now, your ex, for being entitled in the first place. One of the comments says, you dodged a bullet. A hobosexual with a trust fund is still a hobosexual <laughs> and with entitlement issues and a bad temper to boot, boot him. Hobosexual is a crazy word, but it works so well for this bloke. And I agree, boot him. And now for our final entitled people story of this episode. My entitled sister tries to get my brother to lie about her hitting me to get out of trouble, but my little bro had my back. For a little background, my little brother is on the autism spectrum, but he always likes to help people when he learns a useful skill. On this fateful day, it was no different. It was his turn to do our laundry since we share a room and he takes care of it while I'm busy, as I mentioned earlier. He discovered that my sister's clothes were still in the washer instead of being in the dryer, as a responsible person would have done. However, this was no problem for my little brother. He simply moved them into the dryer for her and even ran the clothes through the dryer so he could wash his own clothes. By the time his clothes were done, our sister still hadn't come to collect her clothes. So my brother put them in a bag and took them into our grandmother's room. She used to sleep in there to make space for our clothes in the dryer. A few hours later, all hell broke loose. My sister emerged in the laundry room, screaming like a banshee about someone stealing her clothes. Initially, my brother denied taking care of her laundry because my sister seemed like she was going to harm the person who did it as if they deliberately ruined her clothes. However, he eventually confessed to putting her clothes in the dryer and taking them to our grandmother's room. My sister demanded that my brother show her where the clothes were and proceeded to verbally abuse him all the way there. Hearing all this verbal abuse, I decided to confront my sister and tell her off. 
I pointed out that my brother had taken responsibility for something she should have done herself. If he hadn't done what he did, my sister would have been left with a pile of wet and smelly clothes, requiring her to wash them again. Her response was to kick me right in the stomach, and I wasn't going to let that slide easily. At the time, I was a six-foot male, and my mother had told me that hitting people in public, or those much younger than me, probably wouldn't be allowed. But dealing with my older sister was different. As she attempted to strike me again, I swiftly grabbed her and threw her onto the bed before punching her in the back. My sister started scratching my neck and biting my arm, but I eventually gained the upper hand, pinned her down, and punched her again, warning her never to try something like that again. I then left the room with my little brother. Not 30 seconds after I left, I saw my sister chasing after me with some sort of wooden object in her hand. I quickly turned around and ducked, but she threw it straight at the back of my head, causing it to break. The object she threw, not my head. My grandma witnessed this and my father heard the crack, immediately rushing downstairs to see what had happened. Meanwhile, I ran to my room, lay down and tried to ease the pain. When I came back out, my sister was in tears and my father, mother and grandmother were all trying to find out why she did this. She kept insisting that I had hit her, which was true, yet my mum argued that most of the time I wouldn't have hit her if she hadn't struck me first. Then my sister turned to my little brother and asked him to tell them what happened, likely hoping that he would lie and that she would reward him later. But he didn't. My brother said that my sister had been bullying him and I'd come to defend him before she kicked me. Seeing the fear in her eyes and the rest of the family converging on her like a pack of wolves made every second of sharing a room with my younger brother worthwhile. When I was 15, my mum demanded access to my Facebook account to write this post about herself. Thank you, mum, for all you do for me. You have and always will be the most important person to us. Today, I appreciate you now more than ever, and we're so lucky to have you for a mum. You mean more to us than you'll ever know, and you're all we'll ever need by our side. We love you so much. Hold your head high because you are our hero in capital letters. Actually, unbelievable. What is she after here? Validation from her children's friends online? Actually insane. Welcome to our slash insane parents. If you want more crazy parents hacking into their kids' Facebook accounts to write nice posts about themselves, then stick around. Here we go. I saw your Spotify last night. You listened to Back to the USSR. Please tell me my daughter isn't a communist. It isn't right. Uh, mum, it's a Beatles song. Lol. Fine. Traitor. Traitor to what? The song's not even meant to be political. Oh, I guess the Beatles were traitors too then. Wait, what do you mean? The Beatles are English, not American. No, they were American. Okay, now I thought it was bad enough, but uh, now you've just completely got their nationalities wrong. No, mum, they were literally an English rock band. Stop it, you're being disrespectful. I was alive when the Beatles were together. You weren't. Oh, so dumb. The Beatles broke up in 1974. You were born in 1980. Fine, if you want to be disrespectful and rude like that, don't come back home this summer. Don't call your sister either. I doubt she'll respond. And then, spawn points has notifications silenced. I don't know what's worse, your mother in general, or the fact that you've called her contact spawn points. I opened a new savings account so my mum could no longer have access, and this was her reaction. Hey, smartass, you took out more money in your savings account than you actually have, so you better freaking fix that immediately, because I shouldn't be charged for your freaking overdraft. 
Maybe next time look to see how much money you have before withdrawing. And if you're withdrawing the whole thing, I want my name off the account. I'm not getting freaking charged for a savings account with no balance in it. You have 24 hours to fix this before it gets ugly. Just so you know, we're done. And stay away from my kids. Do not threaten me. You are stealing money from me. If anyone is doing anything criminal-like, it's you, smart ass. You are all about honesty until it works out against you. That is my money that you and my dad set up for me. You put it into my account, therefore making it mine. I will include this screenshot as well where you mention how it is my account and not yours just in case you're confused on that. That money was gifted to me. Criminals are the ones that threaten people to get them to comply to their demands. Do not message me if you cannot speak to me appropriately and with respect. Gotta say, well done. That is how you deal with an entitled parent. Since I'm already pretty upset, I never buy her new shoes. Usually, I can find some nice hand-me-downs through our buy nothing group, or she gets some when she goes to Cali. Well, about six weeks ago, I bought her three pairs from Walmart. Brand new. A pair of nice dress shoes for church, a pair of shoes for the pool and general outside summer play, and a pair of tennis shoes. These tennis shoes destroyed in less than two months. I spent around $50 on shoes for her. Won't do that again. Sorry, $50 for three pairs of shoes. What? Starting tonight, no more pool. No more bowling, no more riding her bike around the neighborhood or playing outside. No more library, no more anything until she can get her act together. Yeah, not even any stuff that helps her in her education or is just good for her. We fly to Cali this weekend. She will likely stay there for a month or so and I will come back and clean and remove everything that isn't necessary for her survival. I'm on the verge of breaking. Uh, What? Okay, well, one of the more uh, crazy Facebook posts I've seen from an insane parent. Yeah, so you're spending $17, well, slightly less, $16.66 on a pair of shoes and you're expecting it to last hmm i wonder why they broke in two months i mean to be fair i was surprised they lasted that long my dad is in texas right now and is making me send photos of my room every day or he takes a hundred dollars from my account i'm taking a hundred from you because you didn't send me a picture of your room and i'm taking another hundred dollars today if i don't get pictures dad i just got home late and forgot because i had a busy day my room is clean you had all day to take pictures send pics before you go to work or lose another a hundred dollars i'm not joking around no i didn't have all day i got to work at 12 and didn't come back till 9 30 and i had cross country and had to figure out parking i literally just forgot and op has attached a photo of their room okay you don't lose a hundred dollars today but you will tomorrow if i don't get pictures all right so can i have my hundred dollars back no yep completely legitimate and makes sense You're taking $100 from your kid for not taking a picture. Hmm. It's an interesting world that we live in. Oh, here we have a lovely flowchart. Should I spank my child? (laughs) Wow. It's brilliant stuff. It really is. Right. First of all, are they old enough to understand the reason? If yes, then use reason and stop hitting your child, you idiot. If no, then they're not old enough to understand the reason you're striking them. That is why you should stop hitting your child, you idiot. Overall, don't hit your child. I agree. Pretty simple explanation. But no, apparently that's not the case for everyone because this Twitter user has replied. What a superficial view, lol. If it was that easy, no reasonable person would hit their child.
Well done. You just uh, you just answered your own point, you clown. No reasonable person would hit their child. And there we go. One of a thousand emails from my father accusing me of replacing my family with doubles as a 13-year-old. What the heck? This is apparently NSFW, so it's blurred. But let's see anyway. Okay, so the title of the email is Yo Mama, which is interesting to say the least. I know we lived in apartment 531 when all that went down. When you said you became what in your words was not important. It's a text I have, but I can't seem to understand why it shows blank living at two other apartments in the same complex at the same time. Crazy, right? Also, other people with different first names in the same number apartment must be a conspiracy. But you sure became part of it at 13 when I'm struggling to make it work on your birthday that you sat with your mother and talked like rubbish to me. Must have made you proud to have come of age for them. The only thing real from that day was me, problems to defeat, and the joke... How did the boy get all his friends to his bar mitzvah? A Jew hall? What? It was good and real and will always separate me from the fakes. Right, what is actually wrong with this man? Like, he can't speak, first of all. He's making anti-Semitic jokes. And thirdly, he's titled the email, Yo Mama. Uh, And the third one is actually by far the worst out of all of them. My mother-in-law hid that she has a relationship with a registered sex offender. Uh, what? Did you know about this? And then I guess something's been blurred out here, but OP is pretty much sending a photo to their mum of the California sex offender list or whatever. And probably the person that she's sleeping with is on there. Wow. The mum replied, it was a prostitute. How did you find that? And there we go. California Megan's law. As long as I'm not on there. What? 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 Then OP just pretty much replies saying that that dude is not allowed over there ever. The mum replies, wow, okay, look, I understand, but there's absolutely nothing to worry about. But look, I do understand. Yeah, nothing to worry about at all, despite the fact that the guy you're screwing is on a sex offenders list. What? Um, yes, there is, replies OP. Monsters commit crimes like sexual assault. I don't care if it was a prostitute. That is atrocious and unforgivable. What? So going by your mum's logic, because the guy's a prostitute, it's okay that he's on a sex offenders list? What on earth? My mum asking me for the hundredth time if me and my friend are together just because she's a girl. Now, a bit of context here. My brother passed away in a car accident and I'm 21 years old. I need to know on God's honest truth. Are you boyfriend and girlfriend? Do not lie. Swear on your brother's soul. Oh my God. Answer me. We want to know. No, we're not. Okay, good to know. That is maybe the most shocking of everything I've seen so far. Your brother died in a car accident. Your son died in a car accident. And you're just using his soul willy-nilly like that? That is honestly shocking. Your own kid is dead and you're saying swear on his life or soul i can't quite believe that a mother of the bride sympathy party because she doesn't get to control every aspect of her daughter's wedding right here she is and she's feeling thankful i have the best friends in the world tonight they had a party for me it was a mother of the bride sympathy party complete with wedding cake mints games prizes and bouquet throwing all the guests were encouraged to wear any and all parts of their wedding ensembles that still fit most wore their veils earrings and garters everyone contributed their own wedding portraits and we had vintage bride and groom statues on the table how embarrassing is that all these old losers wearing their veils from years ago 
because they're sad it's not their wedding? What? What is going on here? Anyway, let's carry on. Everybody knows that you get to have the wedding of your dreams when your daughter gets married. What? Everybody knows that you get to have the wedding of your dreams when your daughter gets married. Okay, a little bit backwards, but uh, fine. Unless you go and give birth to a bride with a mind of her own and millions of new ideas and a distaste for the way that weddings have been done for centuries. And if said bride happens to have worked in a bridal salon all during college, she will more than likely tell you that you know absolutely nothing about weddings and you should just sit down and write the checks and let her take it from here. That is why my tribe of girlfriends stepped up and had all of the vintage, traditional, sentimental details that I love at a party honoring the wedding I'm clearly not going to get to have. I don't know if a mother of the bride party is a legit thing or not, but it surely ought to be. No, it surely ought not to be. That's the dumbest thing I've ever- Ugh. So dumb, can't even speak. After we had all of the fun we could possibly have, we learned that our waitress was actually getting married tomorrow and she didn't have a veil, a ring, or a bouquet. So we hooked her up with all three. We all offered her our veils, but she chose somebody's because it lights up. That's not tacky at all. She was actually a little teary. We were too, but for totally different reasons. If you know a mother of a bride whose dream wedding is getting curtailed by a renegade bride, I strongly encourage you to have this party. Ah, uh, how cute. My insane stepmom. Your dad and I are going on vacation next week. Can you get me that $4,000? Once again, I am not giving you $4,000 because you wrecked the Jeep a week after I sold it to you. Oh my gosh. Okay, there's the context that we deserved. But you said you knew there were problems with the car and that if anything happened, you would help fix it. I found the parts and I need that money to fix it so I can get to work. Yeah, I said it didn't run the best. But as long as you were just going back and forth to work, it would be fine. But you drive literally three miles down the road and I don't get how you hitting a parked UPS truck has anything to do with what was wrong with the Jeep. I also said if something did go wrong with it, mechanically, I would help fix it if it broke within the first three months. But also, I don't know what you're using the 4,000 for. That Jeep is probably totaled. Leave me alone. So your stepmom buys something off you, ruins it, then wants the money back. <laughs> Typical. Does insane aunt count? Yes, it absolutely does. She got me tickets to a concert that I ended up not being able to attend as a graduation gift. This was a while ago but I thought to post. We should sort out how I'm gonna get to Green Bay and your house. Wanna help me rent a car? I'll pay for it. They just don't rent to many people under 20. Oh, I guess I bought you a bad gift. Not at all. Thank you. You are not honest with me. Wait, what do you mean? No car, thank you. I guess I made a mistake. Thank you. I believed in you. Sorry, I did. Do not ask my mum, your grandma. I am not happy with this. Look, I'll pay you back. No, you won't. I know you. Thank you for using me. This is not okay. And then OP pays back the full cost of the ticket. $196. There, paid back. Whatever, just another lie. Julie, I literally just sent the money. I thought I had it figured out, but my plans fell through. I'm sorry I believed in you. Julie, I sent you the money. Well, good night. It's never about money. It was a mistake. It's not a huge deal. I paid you back. No, it's about being honest and real. I was honest. I had a plan and it ended up falling through. I have not accepted your payments. Well, then you can't say I used you. Okay, mini tonka. Dang straight you did. Don't jack with me. See ya. I thought I had transportation because I did have transportation. But that transportation broke. 
literally broke like the engine popped so i've been spending days trying to find a backup because i really wanted to go i'd hope that you'd help me rent a car that i'd pay for but since that won't work I paid you back. I gave you the gift you wanted. It happened before you wanted stuff from me. And the gift won't work, so I paid you back. I am fuming. Okay, look, I paid you back and I'm sorry it didn't work. I don't know what else to do. I will never forgive. If I used you, I wouldn't pay you back. No. Look, how did I use you? I made a mistake, so this is my fixing it. Just your game. My game? Jesus go play with somebody else. Just don't jack with me pay me in cash. I'm sorry. I believed in you Bye, Julie. I already sent her. Okay. Well, it sucks to be you. Thanks for the burn. Good night Yeah, it does during this conversation where i'm just trying to fix the situation and you're blowing it up Yes, because you used me. Oh my gosh. How many times does julie want to use the word you used me crazy dang straight Did your mum or nana pay for such? Wait, what do you mean? Did I offer and pay when you did tell me you didn't have transportation? You took advantage of me. I still don't get how that's what you're getting out of this. Sorry, I gave you the gift you wanted. See ya. Bye. If she says bye for the 10th time, but let me guess, she's going to reply to your messages still. Okay, look. One, why would I have any reason to do that? And two, how is making a mistake and then paying you back completely taking advantage of you yeah newsflash op obviously isn't your aunt is just crazy you really don't get it why would you even do that to me why would you use me julie if i were using you i wouldn't bother paying you back that's how using works well i don't have time for your drama you're literally fully victimizing yourself while gaslighting I'm trying to make it right by giving your money back to you to make up for my mistake, which I take responsibility for and I'm sorry for. And you are a user. (laughs) Oh my God. There's no helping this woman. I hate your words and I will never forgive you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for being a female dog. See ya. Next you jack with me being nice. I will never take your attitude ever again when I gave you what you wanted. You screwed with me. It's on you. Never again will I reach out and give to you. Thank you, selfish one, and good night. Guys, can we get a good night counter down below? Look what daddy got you. This is ridiculous now. How many times does this woman want to go to sleep? Just go to bed. Oh, and she carries on. Don't ever ask from me, nor my family. Thank you. My apologies for believing in you. Any guesses for what she says next? Good night. Oh, but actually... A day later, we get this from Aunt Julie. This is surprising. Hi, my sincere apologies for being a total jerk as that wasn't my intention. Long demanding weeks with the job, but that still is no excuse for my bad reactions. Wait, what? She's actually apologizing? I can't believe it. I want you to go to that concert if you still want to, as I've been brainstorming how to get you a vehicle. Please let me know if you still want to go or not. Thank you and sorry again to be a pain in the butt oh my goodness me i can't believe it salvation at last i am sorry it's not true that's impossible i mean personally i never thought i'd see the day can you believe it this person was literally the most insane of the entire episode and yet she's apologizing I can't, wow what a day that is that is just it's just so wholesome sister wants my wedding because it doesn't count as i'm gay this is so unreal to me that a person has this much audacity but apparently my sister does i a 28 year old woman met my soon-to-be wife noah when she moved to my country for work she was freshly divorced but has a little girl who was five called lena 
Lena is the sweetest and it's been wonderful getting to know her Noah divorced her husband after realizing she was gay and he ran for the hills Stating he didn't want anything to do with her or Lena in case she passes it on Whatever the freak that means I proposed to Noah 10 months ago as I know she'd be too nervous to it wasn't extravagant I just asked her over dinner with Lena's blessing. We've agreed. We want it simple and intimate for the wedding Her first wedding was big and she hated it So just family and close friends. My parents have offered to give us some money to help towards it Even though we've reassured them it isn't going to be a big affair But they wanted lena to get a pretty flower girl dress and wanted to pay for my dress and whatever noah will wear Probably a suit enter my entitled younger sister kate who acts like she and her boyfriend are engaged But he's too scared to actually ask her She's the golden child spoilt and gets whatever she wishes She's made some remarks about noah already having a child and being a divorcee But I told her to lose the ignorance just because she decided to stay in our small hometown and not expand her personality Doesn't mean she can say stuff like that over dinner last night She started whining about how I didn't need any money and she didn't know why we were bothering with the wedding when noah has done it all before This is something Noah is insecure about, so I get protective of her. Kate went on to say that she could reuse her first wedding dress and started cackling. Her boyfriend looked embarrassed and my parents told her to be quieter, but no one said anything else. My parents have come to me and said it made sense to them if they give more money to my sister's wedding fund as it will be her first and only wedding. They're not even engaged yet. Totally ignoring the fact that I have never been married I told them to keep all of their money as it wasn't welcome if they were going to shame my wife and stepdaughter We are perfectly able to fund it on our own. Well, there we go guys What a way to start off today's episode with a little bit of homophobia I didn't want anything else than that. I mean, that's brilliant. What a start that thoroughly enjoyed that as always But hey, all I'll say is in all seriousness now All you can do is do exactly as you are doing pay for it yourself don't invite any of your family. I mean, the parents, if anything, enabling this behavior, absolutely disgusting. You expect entitled behavior. Sadly, you do from certain people in the world. You really do. Look, I know it's 2023, but we all know that people are still homophobic out there, you know, racist. People are just horrible. But from your own family, that is really, really mental. I don't really understand how that's possible. But hey, as I said, don't invite any of them. Just don't now for our next entitled people story now This one is unbelievable and has a crazy twist at the end My brother slept with and ran off with my ex and now wants an invite to my wedding Getting my parents uninvited in the process. I a 24 year old male wasn't even going to make a post about this But my brother who i'll call turk made four posts about it So I thought I should share my side of the story now the amazing thing about this guys is that op has actually linked to his brother's posts and we're going to get into them at the end I'll use the same names he did for the sake of simplicity My fiance is maria and my ex is jen a little over five years ago My brother started dating maria my now fiance three months after they started dating They set me up with her now ex best friend jen The four of us did a lot together since the girls were best friends turk and maria dated for a year and jen and i dated for nine months At the end of our relationship, I came home early and found Turk and Jen having sex in my bed. After I processed the situation, I called Maria because I'd want to know if I was in her place. She came over and we confronted Turk and Jen. They dumped us and I found out two days later, started dating each other. It broke me. I came home to find my brother screw my girlfriend only to then run off with her. I had to move back in with my parents. It was infuriating because they kept talking about how happy Turk and Jen were. 
Throughout the next couple of months, Maria and I started talking. We were two people in similarly trashy situations and we found some comfort in each other. So four months after we got dumped, Maria and I officially started dating. Six months after we got dumped, Tuck found out that Jen was cheating on him and she left him for another guy. I actually only found this out today from reading Turk's post. Maria would get the occasional message from Turk, trying to reconnect, but she ignored him. Anyway, moving on to now. Maria and I are engaged and getting married in September. My parents were invited until my mum called me and threatened to not come if I didn't invite Turk. I told her to not bother coming regardless. In my mother's eyes, Turk can do no wrong. When he screwed and started dating my ex, I told my parents everything he did and my mum tried defending him. Our relationship isn't the greatest, but it was somewhat decent. After I uninvited my parents, I only uninvited my mum, but my dad texted me and said he's not coming if my mum isn't, Turk blew up my phone trying to get a hold of me. This is the first time he's even tried reaching out to me in four years. Like I said before, Turk posted about the situation here on Reddit as well. And apparently my parents told him that Maria and I were getting married and that started this whole thing of them getting uninvited. He stopped calling me, but he's blowing up my phone with texts, begging me to reinvite my parents and possibly give him an invite. So yeah, I just wanted to get my side out there. Okay, well that's frankly a ridiculous post. And as I said, we're now gonna get into Turk's post. Unbelievably, here we go. Okay, guys, so remember that this is the previous OP's brother, Turk, posting on r slash am I wrong, a new subreddit, one that I've not heard of. This looks interesting. Who says this? Am I wrong for accidentally getting my parents uninvited from my brother's wedding? Back when my ex, Maria, and I were dating, we set my brother, Arthur, up with his ex, Jen, who was Maria's, I guess now ex best friend. Maria and I dated for about a year and Arthur and Jen dated for about nine months. We constantly do things together since Maria and Jen were best friends. Out of our little group, my personality matched Jen's the most, which led to us getting close. I felt so comfortable around her and we both had a moment of weakness. We were at a party and we did the deed. We snuck around for about a week before Arthur and Maria found out. Jen and I decided we'd be better together, so we broke off our relationship and started dating each other. Jen and I dated for about six months, and it was amazing until I found out she was cheating on me and she left me for another guy. I was heartbroken. I thought I'd found my match. I kept thinking about how good Maria then was to me. In hindsight, she treated me way better than Jen ever did. I went to message her to beg her to take me back, but I decided to look at her Instagram pictures first And that's when I found out that her and Arthur had started dating in the six months Jen and I were together. They've been together for four years now. And I found out from my parents that they're getting married in September. It hurt so much finding that out. What hurt even more was the fact that I didn't receive an invite. I mean, I know things have happened between us, but Arthur and I are brothers. We're family. When I told my parents I hadn't received an invite, they phoned Arthur and tried to get him to invite me but all that ended up doing is getting them uninvited. I tried calling Arthur to get them reinvited and to get myself invited, but he didn't answer any of my calls. My parents haven't said anything, but I feel like they're mad at me for getting them uninvited from Arthur's wedding. So am I wrong for accidentally getting my parents uninvited from my brother's wedding? And there we go. That concludes possibly the weirdest couple of posts that I've read on on Reddit in in a long time. I mean, back to back, people talking about the same event just with totally different perspectives all i can say is 
the brother, the one that I just read here. But what's wrong with you, my friend? Seriously, what's wrong with you? I mean, everything that you've just written there is just so ridiculous. It's crazy. You deserve everything that you got, and obviously you're not going to be invited to your brother's wedding. And also, it's not even your fault that your parents aren't invited, because that's their actions, right? So, yeah, you accidentally got them uninvited, but they chose to side with you over him, even though you're the one that cheated with his girlfriend. I mean, that is just, it's just so crazy. Ryan Giggs, anyone? Ryan Giggs. Right then, now moving on to our next Entitled People post. I should have sacrificed myself for her. So I'm not entirely sure if this qualifies as an entitled parent or just someone who's mentally insane, but this just happened a few hours ago. So here goes. I am a 29 year old man and I work for a small hardware store in my city. I'm about 6'2", chubby, but still muscular from all the heavy lifting I do for work. Early this morning, me and we will call her Nancy, who is 49, were at the store before opening to do inventory. It was about an hour before opening and Nancy went outside to grab something from her car. She came back in a few minutes later at gunpoint with someone walking behind her. Now, I've never been involved in any kind of robbery before, aside from minor shoplifting attempts, so I froze in place. The gunman pointed it at me, telling me to keep my hands visible and to follow them. Nancy was technically the opening manager and therefore had the keys to the store and vault in the back office. So he held me up while she emptied it. He was gone in about 10 minutes, but it felt like an eternity. Our store doesn't have any kind of silent alarm. So once we were sure he was gone, I went and called 911. Now, after I get off the phone, Nancy comes up to me and asks word for word, what the frick is wrong with you? I stare at her completely caught off guard and asked her what she was talking about. She proceeds to rant at me up until the police arrive. To sum up her rant, she basically said I was a pathetic excuse of a man for not protecting a single mother when I was in danger. I asked her what she expected me to do in that situation. She expected me to try and get the gun away from him so he couldn't hurt her. It was around that point that the police arrived to take our statements and ensure that we were okay. My actual boss is on vacation this week, but has given me the next two days off. Paid. I love that guy. That is to recover from the shock of the situation, and he said to call him if I need anything. I haven't told him about Nancy's rant yet. I'm still trying to process everything she said to me. Okay, well, that is absolutely unbelievable that she said that in that situation, but there is an update to this one as well. Here we go. Hey, everyone. Not sure if this is how you do an update, but here goes. I just wanted to start by thanking everyone for the kind words and advice I was given. It was definitely the scariest moment of my life and I've decided I'm going to look into potential therapy. Before the actual updates, I just wanted to explain a few things based on some comments I saw in my original post. First of all, the hardware store I work for is small just in the physical sense. It's still technically one of the big name hardware stores in the US, just not warehouse size like the ones with the orange and blue logos. Two, when I said that Nancy had emptied the vault, I wasn't referring to an actual safe or lockbox. The vault in our store refers to a small, double-locked room where they store the money orders the store receives from the big armored trucks. And three, Nancy actually is the HR manager for our store. Because the store manager was out of town for the week, she was the acting store manager along with one other person who was off that day. My actual store manager, Nancy, and the third associate are the only ones with keys to the vaults. So now for the update. To be honest, I'm not sure if I'm more angry or scared right now, but I got off the phone with my store manager half an hour ago. 
He was reviewing the security camera footage that was sent to him from his hotel room. I knew the store had cameras. What I didn't know is that we have cameras that face the parking lot. Some of you mentioned it in the comments, so you may not be surprised to hear that Nancy has been arrested for assisting in robbing the store. I can't go into extreme detail, but according to my boss, the gunman was seen exiting Nancy's car when she went outside. They spoke for a bit before walking back up to the store. I don't know much else aside from that the guy was her new boyfriend. What? This episode has actually been insane. Oh my gosh. I'm feeling so many different emotions right now. Confusion, anger, fear, etc. She traumatized someone 20 years younger for a few thousand dollars. I don't know if she was cheering me out about the single mother thing because she'd hoped I would have done something to warrant getting shot over. All I know is that this woman who originally did my hiring interview is mentally insane. As I said, I think I'm going to look into therapy for this. It's just too much for me to process alone. My boss has offered me additional leave of absence if needed as well. So for now, I'm going to take some time off. And if I get any more info I can share, I'll further update you. And there's another actually insane post. Uh, what, th- what is it with this episode in particular? Just the most crazy post. What? What is that? A, a, what? A hardware store? Assisted robbery? Mad. I don't know if this really counts as entitled, to be honest, or if it's just crazy. Now, this was posted just five days ago. So as of yet, there hasn't been an update to this. But I'm so interested to see what happens as a result of this. This is absolutely ridiculous. I can't quite believe the level of stories that I've read in this one episode. Wow. What's really, really scary is that there was actually no need for her to say, like she'd already achieved her objective, right? Of getting the money or whatever it was in the vault. Why did she then say to UOP? Like, why was she so angry and saying, why didn't you jump in and help? The only thing I can think about or can fathom in my mind is that she actually did want you to get involved so that there was an excuse for you to be shot, like you said, which is such a weird like mental thing to think of but i actually can't think of anything else if you guys can think of any other logic not saying there is much logic in the story at all or from nancy but if you can think of any other reasons to why nancy chewed you out afterwards other than what i just said please comment down below because at this moment i can't and that is extremely worrying nonetheless i hope that her and her new boyfriend go to prison for a long long time and you get the help you need that is terrifying. Entitled co-worker tried to hijack our wedding. Hey Reddit, I was listening to a bridezilla story and it reminded me of something that happened when my lady wife and I were planning our wedding in 1992. Part one, the wedding we wanted and had. My lady wife is the anti-Karen, the anti-bridezilla. On our first date, she found out a stack of restaurant coupons and said, where do you want to take me? We picked Pizza Hut. Her engagement ring is a heart-shaped amethyst with two little diamond chips. I bought it at Kmart. She cherishes it. Her wedding dress did not come from a bridal shop. It came from the Sears catalog. It's a very simple white lace straight T-length dress with a cream underdress. It wouldn't be out of place at an afternoon tea. I bought my three-piece navy pinstripe suit since I needed a suit anyway. We wore the same clothes with different accessories to a costume party as a 1920s gangster and his mole. We had the wedding at our church. Our pastor was the real deal. He blessed the rings and when he handed them back, they were ice cold. We exchanged the old wedding vows, think King James Bible style. My lady wife nicks the obey though. A couple of my buddies found out at the last minute that they could make it and showed up. After we said our vows, they pulled out swords and made an impromptu arch for us to walk under. My wife's friends were upset and started yelling, nobody told us to bring our swords. 
yeah, major sci-fi, fantasy, D&D, medieval geeks on both sides of the aisle. The reception was in the community room at the volunteer fire department that I belonged to. Not fancy, but so informal and chill and practically free. A local supermarket with an awesome hot food bar catered. Everybody had so much fun. My boss's boss, a good friend, gorgeous blonde, showed up in her little black dress and appropriately flirted with my buddies. I don't think anybody will forget the pillow mint fight that broke out. A few of my wife's older relatives seemed sort of confused at the antics at first, but ended up having a blast. My father-in-law had set a rough budget for the wedding in his head. My lady wife came in way under that, so he gave us the difference in cash at the reception. He was already paying for the honeymoon as his wedding present to us. The honeymoon was within a day's drive and was a huge deal for what we got. My wife remembers the complete total spent by us and her father as roughly $2,000 in 1992, which included the honeymoon. So that's under $4,500 today. 32 years together, 31 years married this October. Next anniversary, I'm going to take a page from my granddad and raise a toast to five years of wedded bliss. Part two, attempted hijacking. When my wife announced our engagement, one of her co-workers, not even a friend, apparently got wedding rabies. She was so happy and went over the top offering to help. My wife was doing the tiny amount of wedding planning that was needed, see above, as her maid of honor lived in New Jersey, we're in upstate New York, and had two kids to look after. My coworker insisted that it wasn't fair to my wife that the maid of honor wasn't doing the wedding planning. She kept trying to insert herself as the wedding planner. Yeah, nice of her to offer, but she wanted to arrange our wedding the way she wanted it. Whiskey? Tango? Foxtrot? No, we did not want frou-frou centerpiece thingies or any of that nonsense. The co-worker, not knowing my wife well, of course had zero clue what our tastes are. My wife's maid of honor was already making custom silk flowers for us and the tables as a wedding present. I think the co-worker was delusional enough to think that she could weasel her way into being the maid of honor. My wife kept politely but firmly shutting her down. The last straw was when the co-worker called me to tell me about the surprise bridal shower she was throwing for my wife so I could get her there. Oh, heck no. First, my wife was already going to have a bridal shower at our house. My father-in-law and I went down to the fire hall and watched baseball. Second, my wife hates surprise parties. Third, my wife would never have picked that restaurant. An overpriced steakhouse is the absolute last restaurant we would ever pick. And fourth, who the heck was the co-worker planning on inviting? She didn't know any of my wife's friends. So of course, my wife shut that down hard. She immediately called the co-worker and told her off. No meltdown, no yelling, no screaming, no bad language or insults, just pure anger, as hot and bright as a welder's torch. Cue tears from the co-worker. Boo-hoo, I was just trying to help. Nope, denied. We joke that you need to keep my wife away from breakable objects when she's angry. Cities, mountain ranges, that kind of fragile stuff. So drama over and the wedding happened. And there we go. Can I just say, first and foremost, I absolutely love this couple and their values. They know that you don't have to splurge loads of money to have a good time. No one cares about loads of fancy stuff. As long as you guys are happy with whatever's going on in your life, then that's great. Everyone clearly had an amazing time at your wedding. You spent, let's be honest, so little money but had the best time like is that not the perfect combination it's brilliant for some reason there's this preconceived conception about weddings that you have to spend tens of thousands of dollars on them but you guys have proven do the stuff that you actually like and you'll have the best time fair play to you two 
and also ignore entitled i don't even know what you can call her yeah a co-worker but she's obviously not a friend barely even an associate no idea why she was getting involved in the first place maybe a little bit of jealousy from her part i'm not entirely sure but yeah as i said you did very well to ignore her calmly and have the wedding that you always dreamed of. Ah, and one more thing. If you're wondering why OP was saying lady wife, well, it's explained in a comment down below. Lady wife is an old British expression used somewhat ironically today, like calling your wife the Duchess or the Queen, preferably with a posh English accent. It's funny, cute, and an expression of poke you in the ribs love. Well, doesn't that sum up these two just perfectly? Now for our next entitled people story. Too racist to enjoy a tropical island and ends up paying the price. I was just reminiscing about the absurdity of the situation that happened almost two years ago, and I decided it's too good not to share. I'll be honest, it involves a lot of legal stuff that I'm not sure I'm talking about 100% correctly, but I can assure you this story is true, as is the end result. This might be a long one, so buckle up. For context, my mum is a traveling healthcare worker. Not a nurse nor a doctor, just to clarify, and we're from the US. Usually her contracts last from eight weeks to nine months and she's worked all around the States. This results in an ungodly amount of airline miles that she likes to gift me so I can visit her whenever she's on contract. I get a nice vacation. She gets to see me. I get to see her. Win, win, win. Two years ago, after I graduated and was living at my mum and her long-term boyfriend's house in a COVID lockdown-induced depression and existential crisis, my mother scored her first overseas contract on a tropical island for six months from June to the end of November. I'd gotten a trashy job in my hometown to start saving for whatever my next step was. Three months in, my mum realized the downside to being on a very small island where international travel to and fro was a pain in the butt. She was lonely. This prompted a very bashful phone call in which she asked me if I wanted to take a break from working and come stay with her for a while. I jumped at the opportunity and we made arrangements to get my passport renewed and booked a ticket for me to stay with her for the last few months of her contract. All of this context comes to the main character, another US-based traveler, also not a nurse nor a doctor, who was my mother's co-worker. Let's call her Mary. Mary, to put it bluntly, was racist as heck. And she was not enjoying getting paid to work on an island with crystal blue water on white sand beaches. Why? Because she failed to realize that she wouldn't be treating elite white resort goers. No. Turns out, the people who tend to be treated at the local hospital were the native islanders. You know, the people of color. She was also a COVID denier, trumper, and anti-vaxxer. Really just a blast to talk to. She was so livid about having to go to a grocery shop surrounded by POC, not what she called them, hints, it starts with N and ends with R. It didn't matter that she could go to the beach every day after work and was lodged in a multi-million dollar vacation home on one of the highest points of the island with the gorgeous view. Nah, she was too busy recoiling at the sight of gasp melanin. So yeah, she hated being there and wanted nothing more than to leave. She latched onto my mother for company and my mother reluctantly obliged her for a time due to aforementioned loneliness. The main conflict of this story comes when my mother's contract began to reach its end while Mary's still had a month to go. Mary fought tooth and nail to renegotiate an early end of her contract, but was denied. So what does she do? She just leaves, like packs all of her stuff and departs to the US anyway. No biggie, right? She just doesn't get her remaining paychecks wrong here comes the beauty of contracts see the contract she agreed to comped her lodging on the condition that she fulfill her employment duties 
Since she very clearly had no intention to, the contract was therefore voided and the compensation for her lodging was promptly retracted. She was now on the hook to pay back this country's health ministry for the several months of rent they'd paid to house her in that gorgeous vacation home with a beautiful view. I'm not sure how much it would have been, but I'm guessing a million at the very least. Mary was now not only a terrible employee in this country, but a literal fugitive but she figured they could only arrest and charge her if she ever stepped foot back on their soil. So she wasn't concerned. Now she was mostly right, but that wasn't the only thing this country's government could do. They proceeded to ring up the good old US government, notify them of the charges and let them take it from there. They couldn't have her extradited, but they could ask the US to flag her passport until she paid them or faced charges. So the US government said, sure buddy, we'll do it. And they did. Mary can't leave the US anymore. She can't even go to Canada. She tried to join her friends on vacation in Mexico, but she wouldn't be allowed to cross the border. So if you ever think you screwed up a job really badly, just remember that you at least aren't an actual international criminal who can no longer leave the country. I'm not sure why her racist butt even wanted to go to Mexico. I heard there are a lot of Mexican people there. Yeah, I heard that too. Funny, really. Don't really know why a racist person would ever want to go there, but uh, yeah, good luck to Mary is what I'll say. How good is Carmen, by the way, guys? I mean, seriously. And also, it kind of just makes sense. Like, if this woman doesn't want to go to another country because she doesn't want to see or interact with their people or people of, of different color skins, then great, now she legally can't. It's Surely it's a woman for everyone, right? Mary should be ecstatic with the news. She should be absolutely loving life, sitting in her little American house, never being allowed to leave the country. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. Now for our third entitled people story of this episode. My entitled sister expects me to apologize for snitching on her after she tried to out me to our parents. So me, a 17 year old boy, and my sister, who is 14, have never gotten along. Not because she is only my half-sister, but because she is an immature and spoiled female dog. For some context, about three days ago, I told my sister she should stop dating her boyfriend because he is too old for her. She did not take my lecture kindly, and she did the only thing her immature butt could think of, deciding to tell my mum and stepdad that I am gay. She found out that I'm gay a few months ago after she burst into my room when me and my boyfriend were making out, and she's been threatening me that she will tell our parents ever since. The thing is, they already know, but I never told her to give her a fake sense of superiority. And ever since, she's thought she had me at her finger. Well, it seems like my sister finally decided to reveal my secret. So what she thought was about to be a session of my parents yelling at me or something turned into an intervention on her insensitive behavior, as our parents put it. She just complained about how I was the bad guy because I was blackmailing her. But I wasn't about to let her get away with trying to ruin my relationship with my parents. So I did the only reasonable thing I could. I told them about her boyfriend, who by the way is 17 turning 18 in not even two months. Meanwhile, she just turned 14 in June. What? That is highly illegal. Oh my God, I did not think it'd be that serious. So you can imagine how angry our parents were when they found out she was dating a guy over four years older than her. At first, they scolded me for not telling them earlier and helping my sister cover this up. You know what? I actually kind of agree with that. That is literally illegal. You should have told them as soon as you found out. At the end, we both got our punishments. Mine was about a 20, 30 minute lecture for not telling them right away. And she got her phone and laptop taken away. Dad cut the Wi-Fi on her TV, and also she isn't allowed to go out. These restraints will stay until the end of summer, 
which honestly isn't that much if you ask me. The day after, I was met with my sister in my room telling me that she deserves an apology because you freaking, and then insert the F slur here, ruined the rest of my summer and all my plans. I told my parents what she said and the punishment was extended until October. So Reddit, does my idiot of a sister deserve an apology? Well, I don't really know what she deserves. But let's just let's just you know think think of the well, focus on the most important things here. First of all, like this is highly illegal. What's going on here? A seventeen, almost eighteen-year-old man going to become a man like legally is in a relationship with your fourteen-year-old sister. What? The, I mean, forget all the other stuff. Like I don't want to kind of brush it under the carpet because it's bad as well. But first of all, let's focus on that. That is illegal. I mean, I don't know necessarily which countries it takes place in, but. I'm pretty confident it's going to be illegal in whatever country. That is the most important thing. Secondly, honestly, I kind of feel a bit bad for your sister. Yes, she is 14. She she needs to know way better than that. But 14 is still a young age. There's enough time to educate her and make her realize that she's just being horrible and, and needs to change her ways. When I was 14, I wasn't saying stuff like this, but I'm pretty sure I had not that much common sense and probably said some things that I now regret. Let's just be completely frank. Not to this extent, but... There's still time for her to, to get back to, to normal with a with a good amount of education. I, I just can't get my head over the fact that there is a 17 slash 18 year old man in a relationship with a 14 year old. That is crazy. And your parents are right. That is the thing that you both need to be punished for, for not telling them sooner. Thankfully, you did eventually tell them because, oh my God, if that, could, if that carried on, could have been absolutely catastrophic. <sighs> Look, it's easy to jump on jump on the bandwagon and say your sister's a bad person for calling you the f slur and all that stuff and yeah she looks she is obviously but just first and foremost make sure that she's all right because a 14 year old going out with a 17 18 year old she's being taken advantage of there it's important to make sure that she is safe and that guy is locked up now for our final story of this episode bizarre woman tries to steal my fries at the food courts this happened at the food court at my local mall the other day and it's weird how boundaries and basic social conventions seem not to apply to some people these days. So me and my wife go to the mall and decide while browsing that we're going to get some food. We go. My wife says she's not hungry, but I get a burger and fries and then start eating. Halfway through, my wife says she is in fact hungry and she's going to steal some fries. Fair enough, I let her take some fries and she eats them. Now I wonder, in the history of mankind, how many times this exact interaction and event has taken place. I don't know. Get in the comments down below. What do you think? A little while later, I've started on the burger and my wife says she needs the bathroom and walks off. And I have some fries left on the side of my plate. I look down to use my phone as I get a DM from someone and then I hear a rustling sound at the side of the plate. I look up thinking my wife has come back and has decided that she wants more and say, hey honey, guess you've made some extra room for more fries. And then spot that, no, it's not my wife. There's some random woman, mid-30s, putting her hand in my plate about to grab the fries. She laughs and says, Wow, suddenly we're super acquainted, aren't we? I laugh out of disbelief and say, Excuse me, why are you trying to steal my food? She acts offended and says, Well, you let the other woman sitting by you steal some fries, and you clearly don't want these, so I thought I could have them. I explain that the other woman sitting by me was my wife. But she's just some random person who I don't know and doesn't have any right to my food as I hadn't invited her She just rolls her eyes snorts Let's go of my fries and then walks off I sit there for a second in disbelief that someone just tried that and my wife comes back and asks what the woman storming away from my table wanted 
I explained what just happened and we both laughed as it was weird, inappropriate, and something that most people should probably have learned way earlier than someone who seemed in her 30s. I'll just take this stranger's food without asking. It's certainly an interesting take on things, but not one I agree with. Yeah, as far as hot takes go, I think I'll have to uh, agree with that. If you see a woman on the table with someone else, uh, they're clearly like together in some form, doesn't have to be in a relationship, just even friends or whatever, like sitting at the same table and they're eating a little bit of someone else's food, that same person that they're on the table with. You don't just go, oh, that food must be for free then. And go up to it. Ugh, it is just bordering on ridiculous. In fact, it's not bordering on ridiculous. It just is ridiculous. Neighbor opens my parcel and shouts at me for the contents. I can't actually believe this conversation just happened. The sheer entitlement and ridiculousness of it has made me laugh, but also left me speechless. I ordered a mug from Amazon as a gift to my best mates. The mug had the word C-U-N-T on it with the C as the handle. Cute mug, would recommend. Anyway, there is a house on the street next to mine that has a very similar address to mine, and I'll often get their post and they sometimes get mine. For example, my address would be something like number six random streets, and theirs is number six random side street. It's annoying as they're different plus or minus one word, but the names of myself and that family are so wildly different that you'd think the postman or any delivery driver might have got used to that by now, but I digress. I had the notification from Amazon to say my mug had been delivered and was in the safe place. I go to check and it isn't. And so I go round to the similar address's house to see if it was indeed there and I get no answer. I decide that I'll try again later and or they'll bring it over before I contact Amazon. Now a few days pass and they don't bring my parcel around. So I get Amazon to replace it. But then half an hour ago, there was a knock on my door. I open the door to the father of the family at the similar address holding my amazon parcel that's been opened and he quite literally throws it at me before i can form words he says my 11 year old child opened that don't you ever order something so disgusting again how dare you and he started to storm off i register what the heck he just said and i shout after him wait what the no one should be opening my post anyway that's a criminal offense how dare you have the cheek to come to my house and berate me for opening my post he just waved his hand at me dismissively and carried on walking i just stood there for a good minute trying to figure out if that actually happened well it did and now i have two c-u-n-t mugs i'm so tempted to leave one on his doorstep with a note saying you can keep it mate it's definitely been made for you. Wow, what a way to end things once and for all. I mean, hearing that after just being so angry and then your neighbor saying that to you, that has got to hurt so good. I feel like at this point, you have any excuse to order your neighbor just whatever you want. It could be something, you know, pretty adult, naughty, just downright disgusting. I feel like if they're opening your post, then, you know, let them open your post, right? And, and see what other surprises you have for them. It's so weird though. Them getting angry at you for opening your post. Mental. My cousin's wife tried to put their young son on a plane flight with me. Oh boy, here we go. I've looked on this subreddit for years, but stopped due to the pandemic for mental health reasons. But I've wanted to tell this story for a while now. Let's start from the beginning. It was my very first semester as a college freshman. I officially moved into my college dorm to start this new chapter of my life. I'm an international student, so it was a tough experience once reality settled. Thankfully, I had my cousin, whom I haven't seen in years, and his wife, who lived in Dallas, who helped me with getting a US number, bedding, and school supplies. Fast forward to Thanksgiving break. I accepted my cousin's offer to go to Dallas for the break, since it was better than staying in the dorms. 
I met his two kids, a son and a daughter. We catch up with each other, seeing how our lives have gone up to that point. The break ended and I went back to college to study for finals. Then it happened. My cousin's wife asked for a favor via text. The favor? Take their eight-year-old son home back to the Caribbean with me because his godmother wanted to see him. I told her that I wasn't able to do that because I didn't know when my exams would be finished. I actually did know when. I just told her that so she would leave me alone or do something herself. I'd already made up my mind with my mum's support that I wasn't doing that. Fast forward to a few weeks later. I was chilling in the airport, minding my own business, when my cousin called me. He asked if I was doing something for his wife. I said no and explained myself in the situation. He thanked me and I thought that would be the end of it. But no, I saw her with their son holding a suitcase and a carry-on when I was walking to my gate. My cousin was nowhere to be seen. I asked her what she was doing. She gave me some sob story of how his godmother wanted to see him and told me that he'll be good as he was hugging my leg. I was shocked. I felt my heart race. The groups were being called and I had to make a decision. Notes, I just turned 18 at the time and I barely knew this child. I like to have everything in order and pre-planned to avoid confusion and this would complicate everything. Furthermore, immigration would be on my case. Finally, I don't know who his godmother is or what she looks like. I told her no, stating that if she wanted to do this, they could have planned a family trip together and not dumped their kid on me. She said that she already bought the ticket and I might as well take him. I told her no again and then got on my flights. My family was proud of me for standing my ground as they didn't like her either. Turns out that sometime after or during the pandemic, my cousin and his wife got divorced. Understandable. His now ex-wife went behind his back trying to get his son on an international flight when they could have planned a family trip together. Yeah, crazy. I'm not gonna lie. Halfway through this one, I was thinking, you know what? It's pretty poor from this woman, but your family, is there no way you can just sit with this kid for a bit of the flight and make sure he's okay and then go your own separate ways when you get to the get to the country? But even that is a lot of effort, so that's probably not a good decision. But then, hearing all the rest of the context here, you don't even know what the woman who's supposed to be picking him up looks like. How would that ever work? So what, you're just going to give him to a random stranger that you've never met? What? Where's the logic there? I mean, clearly there isn't any, but my goodness me. And I think at the end you were saying that that his mum and dad had already been divorced before this debacle. If that is the case, that does make sense. Even if they then got divorced, it still makes sense because she's clearly a deluded and strange, messed up individual. Oh, and apparently flying internationally with a child requires documentation, according to the comments, especially when not immediate family. Well, there you go. So that would have massively impacted your flight as well because the security would have been like, well, what are you doing here? Who is this kid? God, what a mess that would have been. All because of this crazy lady. Now for our third story of this episode. Cousin was mad I didn't barbecue food without seasoning for her baby. On the weekend immediately after July 4th, I hosted a family barbecue. My slightly older cousin in her mid-30s had told me that she was not coming a week in advance. Then, about two hours before the event, she changes her mind and tells me she will be coming with her husband and her one-and-a-half-year-old daughter. This was not a problem. We bought enough food for there to be lots of leftover. While we were there, my husband and I were slaving away in front of three barbecues in the yard to cook for a group of 24 people and a baby. We didn't have time to take a break or go inside with everyone else. They were inside because it was raining. During this time, my cousin or her husband constantly came over to complain about our food. They were the only ones who complained that the food was too salty. Everyone else who came over to speak with us loved 
and devoured the food. After the Wagyu tomahawks were served, my cousin came over again. Wow, that sounds good, by the way. This time, her face was red and she was livid. It was red from anger, not drinking. She's a non-drinker. She started complaining that we should have known better and that her baby couldn't eat such salty foods and that we should have made separate food for them unseasoned. I told her that there was no way we could have done that. We already bought all the food we needed beforehand. Everything was seasoned or dry brined ahead of time. I suggested giving her a big bowl of water so she could try washing off any seasoning before feeding her baby, but she said that wasn't good enough. That's when her husband showed up and suggested that I go to the butcher and buy another tomahawk and come back. That way, their daughter could also have some unseasoned. My husband said no. We weren't wasting time, gas, and money on a one and a half year old. And even if we did, she obviously would not have been able to finish an entire steak. I just don't understand what changed. She was never like this before she had her kid. Now she expects the world to revolve around her. Is this something that involuntarily happens to a large percentage of new parents? Yeah, no, it makes complete sense. I would invite my child to your wedding. Uh, By the way, didn't say she was going to come, but uh, now she's coming. Now that, to be fair, isn't great, but also you need to change the entire menu for her. Yeah, uh, if you could just do that really quickly, that'd be so good. Pop to the shops, uh, leave the barbecue and everyone else's food. Just go to the shops quickly, spend a bit of money on a brand new steak that she's obviously not going to eat. Uh, and don't put any salt in it this time, just for her, because we gave you such a big warning of a couple of hours, you clowns. I would say to answer your question up here at the end, yes, I, I think. I mean, look, parents in the comments, let me know. I do imagine that, that when you have new parents, they, they, they do think that the kid is their world, because for them it is. But for other people, it is not. And that is the uh, is the difference, I think. These parents need to understand that. Yes, you love your kid very much and it's the center of your universe, but no one else actually cares about your child. That's, that's the truth, let's be completely honest. I mean, that's a bit harsh. Some people care, but most people do not care. And now for our final story of this episode. This one is an absolute whirlwind. Worst Karen I've ever seen caused the blow up for the ages because I wouldn't give her son a black belt on his first day of karate. First up, some background. I teach Kenpo Karate as a second degree black belt. I also have an assistant, Kira, a first degree black belt in her own right. I don't own the gym, my instructor does, but since he's gotten older, me and Kira handle the younger classes while he handles the business side of things plus adult class. We have three classes, a kid's class of ages five to 10, an intermediate class, 11 to 15, and an adult class, age 16 and up. So onto the story. The kid's class has just ended and a woman walks in with her son. She says her 13-year-old son wants to take karate lessons. So I shake hands with her and have her sit down with my instructor to fill out the waivers and get him his G measurements. Other students file in for the intermediate class and me and Kira get down to business. I take the bulk of the class, around 15 kids, while Kira goes with a new student one-on-one to teach him basic strikes and stances. Not five minutes later, I hear Kira upset, telling the new boy to do 10 push-ups. Why? Well, he called Kira, who's essentially a volunteer, a freaking female dog. Karen, the mother, stands up and says her son can't do push-ups, as she doesn't want her son to be sore. Kira lets him do the push-ups on his knees, but not five minutes later, she makes him do 20 more, since he's now called her a S-word. What? For reference, Kira is in her early 20s, and the boy is 13. Not to mention there's other parents and kids here as well. It's wholly inappropriate. So I walk over and ask Kira to switch with me. As she does, she gives me the bug eyes and mouths. What the frick? So I walk over and ask the boy why he insulted my assistant Kira. He said he doesn't like girls. 
when i asked him what he meant he said he only listens to his dad or other boys he won't listen to me at all he needs some discipline the mother confirms to me chuckling as if raising a monster is something to laugh about when do i get a black belt like you have the boy asked me Mind you, he's been punched in the air the entire time. This boy is aggressively hyper. Well, it takes a while. I've been training since I was five and I earned my black belt at 21. So it took me a while, I say. Nah, I don't wanna wait that long. I want mine now, he says. His chubby face now red and sweaty from the shadow boxing. The mother motions me over and whispers this in my ear. Do you think you can just give him one? Just to make him happy? No, sorry, he has to earn one. We aren't a belt factory. Well, he never gets told no. I'm sorry, but that's not how we do things here. Look, I have money. I can pay you extra. No, sorry, we only give belts when they're earned. After several minutes of arguing and conversation that leads nowhere, Karen snaps at me. I paid, so you give my son a black belt. She stands up and points a finger in my face. It was so sudden that I reflexively took a step back. Hey, chill out, lady. Some of the other parents chime in. Before I can reply to Karen, I hear a loud commotion behind me. I hear more parents and students shouting. I turn and see the new boy smacking and hitting a girl in the class. Kira is shouting, hey, stop. However, this girl that the new boy is hitting is a purple belt and a little badass of her own. She loads a front kick and hits Brat Boy center mass right in his flappy stomach. He shouts and doubles over, crying tears of pain. I was so freaking proud of her. Hey, that little female dog hurt my son. Karen runs past me onto the mat and gets in the face of the 14-year-old girl that her son just attacked. The girl is already scared and starts to cry, but Karen ups the ante and shoves this girl in the chest with her hand. Kira gets between them and is red-faced enraged. I immediately rush over and try to defuse the situation, but neither of them are having it. Parents stand up and start shouting. Keep your hands off my daughter. The girl's father, who was with the other parents, yells at Karen. He starts approaching aggressively, but backs off when he realizes that me and Kira, both black belts, are by her. Now, you should know something about Kira. She's under five foot and less than 110 pounds soaking wet, but she can still kick my butt up and down the mat on any given day. She's fast, accurate, and insanely flexible. She can control her body and perform techniques that I just simply can't. So Kira and Karen get into a shouting match with each other. I tell Karen to leave with your kid and don't come back. Don't you ever lay a hand on any of my students. Do you understand? I raised my voice and was genuinely fuming. F you, my son needs a black belt and you won't give him one. She screams back at me. Your son is crazy. He attacked our students, Kira interjects. But this set Karen off as she reaches and tries to slap Kira in the face. Ha ha ha, that's a big mistake. Having had enough, Kira parries the smack and fires an absolutely vicious leg kick right into the meat of Karen's inner thigh with nothing held back. The slap sound of Kira's shin bone decimating Karen's thigh echoed off the ceiling like a slab of meat getting thrown on the floor. It was glorious. Karen gasped as she fell onto the mat in a heap. Oh, oh my god she held her leg as brat boy got up and rushed at kira i got in front of her and grabbed the boy's wildly swinging arms yeah he hit me a few times but i refused to hit children whatsoever i let him tire himself out one of the parents called the police after interviewing everyone involved they determined that kira and myself acted in self-defense neither of us wanted to pursue assault charges against karen but the parents of the girl karen shoved rightly felt differently about it 
So Karen was hauled away in handcuffs. Karen said that she'd sue me and Kira in civil court. But since we have legal waivers, here's hoping that nothing comes of that. As for the boy, I honestly feel bad. His childhood has been robbed by terrible parenting. And I wish we could have had more time to straighten him out. I have particular dislike for his views of women. And I feel like I really could have helped turn him around. Maybe, maybe not. So yeah, that was my experience tonight. Hope you will enjoy reading it more than I did going through it. Well, I did enjoy reading that. That was unbelievable. <laughs> Put yourself in this spot. What are you doing here? What are you doing? It's, like, it's, it's so dumb. If you're going to pick a fight with anybody anywhere, I personally wouldn't choose karate instructors in a dojo. It just doesn't seem like a great idea to me. I do really like, though, what OP said about the kid it's kind of what i feel with a lot of these children that we do see in these stories a lot of the time i don't think it's their fault that they're saying these sort of things right you know horribly sexist things like where's he got that from is what i'm trying to say you're not born with this in your mind i don't think so therefore clearly we can tell by the actions of his mother throughout the story as well and the things she's saying is their terrible parenting as op says there's the reason for this child just being absolutely awful right now but that is one of the beautiful things about a place like a dojo a community like that yes you're being taught how to how to you know do martial arts and that sort of stuff which is great but you're also getting taught how to be a good human that is as important well probably more important let's be completely fair when you have a kid like this mental scenes and um yeah kind of wish that kira was allowed just to batter her would have been good eh? my father-in-law had a meltdown because i proved he doesn't know his son so me a 34 year old man and my husband who is 30 do our dangdest to not spend an abundance of time with my father-in-law he is a cowardly narcissist who says hot dog unironically Ever since I came into the picture almost seven years ago, we've simply not meshed. A great deal of that is due to the fact that I've spent those years instilling confidence and boundary setting in my husband. My father-in-law does not like being told no. We literally got kicked out of a restaurant one time because he couldn't accept that they wouldn't give him a discount. So, needless to say, our interactions are nothing more than the exchanging of fake pleasantries. Last week, we're over there for our quarterly visit. The way these evenings typically go is that my husband occupies my father-in-law, while my mother-in-law tests out her new English vocabulary on me. This time, my husband is doing the bulk of the talking to both of them because he's excited about the new organization he's working with. My father-in-law keeps trying to change the subject because it's been two seconds since the subject of the conversation was about him. My husband and his mum both snap. I'm not entirely sure what they said as my Spanish is still terrible, but it amounted to them telling my father-in-law to shut the frick up and listen. He then gets obstinate and essentially tells my husband that no matter what the organization is, it will never compare to the work that he did in his youth. My father-in-law literally just hiked through Central America with a white savior complex until things got violent and he came back home. My husband understandably storms out with his mum hot on his tail. Awkwardness then ensues because I'm chuckling at my father-in-law. He never spoke to me like that until you came along, he said. I know. I'm so proud, I replied. You've changed him. No, this is who he's always been. You just never noticed it before. I know my son. Okay, what's his favorite color? What? What's his favorite color? It's the same one he had as a kid. My father-in-law said nothing. Fine, name two of his interests. What, they don't make any sense. Name them. Again, nothing. All right, here's an easy one. What is the name of the organization he's working with? Again, 
nothing. This wannabe Bob Ross granola eating mofo couldn't answer. My husband said the name of the organization like five times that night. You want to know the sad part? I continue. My parents can answer each and every one of those questions and they've known your son a fraction of the time you have. Cue the screeching in Spanish. Being yelled at in a foreign language by a non-native speaker is a surreal experience. Obviously, my husband comes in and yells back and it blows up even more. But the part that stands out is the fact that my father-in-law still refused to admit that he just hadn't taken a genuine interest in my husband in years. Like, bruh, you don't even know your kid's favorite color? Hello? Now my husband is contemplating going no contact and I can't blame him. Well, there you go. I mean, the truth of the matter is that the truth hurts in every language, no matter which one you elect to use. So good. I mean, clearly this guy is just so self-centered. The fact that he can't even name the organization which his son works for is actually kind of mad, especially given that the entirety of that conversation has been about it and how proud he is and how interested he is in that organization. How self-centered must you be to not even think to, to listen at all to what your son's saying and just think to yourself probably, oh, can you just shut up? I want to talk about myself and what I've done. And by the way, when I did a week of work, like 50 years ago, work, backpacking, hiking, whatever it is in Central America, it was so much better than my son's now permanent job which he does for a living i mean that makes sense it's actually crazy to be this jealous of your son and then also attack his husband because he's made him realize your dad's actually a horrible person you need to stand up to him good stuff now for our next entitled parent story entitled stepmother wants me to stop breastfeeding so some context here i am a 28 year old woman and i had my daughter Ida, three months ago my wife is a 35-year-old woman, Taylor. My stepmother is Mary, who is 45 years old. And my stepbrother is Tom, who is just 11. So Tom and I weren't close until I was pregnant. During the pregnancy, he became really interested in me and the baby and actually became quite clingy and needy of me. I felt weird about it. But when I tried to retreat, Mary and my dad said I was being cruel and miserable and I had the chance to be a good sister but was being selfish and rejecting him. Along with the pregnancy hormones, it made me feel guilty. So I let him still come around a lot. Now Taylor has a chilled attitude so has kept calm and just said she wants what I want even though he has become resentful of her. I made it clear that she was my wife and any disrespect to her would mean he had to leave. He became focused on my bump and was touching it all the time. Mary thinks he's autistic, but no doctor has ever diagnosed him. I had Ida three months ago and she's the best baby ever. She's so perfect and I've loved seeing my wife become a mother. She is a natural at it and it's compounded our love for each other. I've decided to breastfeed and then pump so Taylor can use the bottle to feed as well. It's been going pretty smoothly and honestly, it's something that allows us to bond with Ida. Often Taylor will lay with me whilst I breastfeed and will spend time together with Ida sleeping on my chest. Apparently, Tom was very angry when he wasn't allowed into the hospital to see me or the baby. And he kicked off when we said that only my mum and mother-in-law were allowed over until two weeks postpartum. When they did come over, he kept touching Ida's face, even though we'd asked him not to as we are both in the medical profession, so don't want to expose our newborn to germs. When we had to get firm, Mary told us that we were being horrible to a child and needed to stop. I had to feed, so I went to the nursery, but Tom had followed me. And when I started feeding, he came in and watched before I realized he was there and then started asking me questions about breastfeeding. That was fine, of course, 
but he's been watching me feed whenever he comes over when i don't realize and then whenever he's been near me he started saying booby and reaching for my boobs and saying he wants to try and it's unfair only Ida gets it we've tried reminding him that he's a big boy and she's only a baby but then last week i woke up from a post-feeding nap to find him lying on top of me with his hands and face on my chest area when we tried telling mary and my dad that this was getting out of hand she said we were discriminating against his autism and we just didn't understand that i was his special person that he focused on and that i should be honored i told her it had to stop as i was uncomfortable and mary said if i wanted him to stop then i would have to stop breastfeeding as it was cruel to tease him without this is stupid right now look my boobs did get significantly bigger during my pregnancy and have stayed that way after giving birth so i could see how he'd noticed them but it still feels wrong uh wow i mean first of all what a story is all i can say about this one my immediate kind of conclusion is that the parents are just not doing enough here right mary is just not doing enough i think we can all agree that yeah, at 11 years old, you don't have the common sense that, that an adult has. And it's the mum's job to educate her son whether to do these sort of things or not. Now, of course, Tom could have autism. But if you're someone's mother and you think your child might have autism, wouldn't you then go to a doctor and say, I think my child might have autism? I mean, I don't know. It's something like that, right? You need to go and actually have that diagnosed so you know for sure. Not just use the fact that your child might have autism as an excuse as to why they are doing this sort of weird stuff. Again, I don't blame Tom. I mean, whether he's autistic or not, I don't really care to be fair. He's an 11 year old kid who's just, you know, doing stuff that he wants to do without much thought. Yeah, I mean, 11 is bordering on the age where you should not be doing this sort of stuff just on your on the back of your own kind of, you know, mind. But nonetheless, it's definitely on Mary to say, Tom, what are you doing, mate? And educate your son. Yeah, a terrible woman that's just saying, okay, well, I'm not going to educate my son. You're going to have to stop doing the most natural thing there is in the world. Breastfeeding. My father wants to reconnect with me after 20 years. My family gets mad at me when I refuse to talk to him. For background, my parents met in their late teens and soon had me. Three years later, they had my sister, Maria. When my sister was one year old and I was three years old, my parents got separated. They never got married because my father cheated on my mum with a woman who is over 20 years older than him from what I've been told and they're still together now. Growing up, mum never told me or my sister too much about my dad, John. I know that both his parents and his sister pretty much disowned him after he cheated on my mum, but they are irrelevant to this story. Now, Anna, our mum, never got full custody for us after that because she didn't know how. Back then, she didn't know what full custody meant. But John still was sending Anna 200 euros a month for each of us until we became 18. I soon moved, after turning 18, to live with a friend. And in 2021, moved to another country where I currently live. After that, I only kept little contact with my mum and almost none with my sister. Fast forward to the 31st of August, so three days before this post was made, on my birthday, I get a call from an unknown number. I pick it up and the following conversation ensued. Hello, OP? Yes, who is this? It's me, John. I'm sorry, but I don't think I know you. I'm your dad. I'm sorry? How are you? Why did you call me? It's your birthday, right? Yes, it is. Well, happy birthday, OP. 
Again, why did you decide to call me now? Don't you have a new family? Yes, I'm married now, but I have no other kids other than you and Maria. At this point, I was in disbelief, so I ended the call. I couldn't understand why he decided to call me after 20 freaking years of no contact between us. He tried calling me again, but every time I ignored the call. The next day, mum called me. Hello? Why did you hang up on John? Mum, are you serious right now? Yes, he's changed now. He wants to have a son and daughter again. Well, I guess it's just a bit too late, don't you think? I'll stop being dumb and go talk to your father. No, you go talk to him if you want to. I've got nothing to talk about with that POS. After I said that, I hung up on her also. Both my mum, her side of the family, and also my sister had been blowing up my phone daily. I've already blocked some of them. He hurt us badly and everyone decided to forgive him out of nowhere for no apparent reason. I am not forgiving him. I'm thinking about cutting contact with the rest of my family if they keep defending him. A good father doesn't leave his children for 20 years and then out of nowhere decides that he is entitled to have a relationship with them. I'll keep you all updated on this. But for now, I'll be going no contact with them for a while. Honestly, guys, with this story, I don't really know who is worse. Your dad for for ditching you for 20 years and then just trying to get back in the mixer. I mean, ditching you for 20 years is something. Then saying, oh yeah, by the way, hi, how you been for the past two decades? What a relationship? Obviously not, you clown. Or everyone else that's seemingly allowing this crazy behavior and just is forgetting the fact that he cheated on your mum and then left 20 years ago without saying a word and hasn't been in contact for those 20 years. Why is your mum now saying, oh, come on, he's your dad after all? Well, no, yeah, biologically, but not really. Because what's he actually done that's that's been father-like in your entire life? I mean, literally nothing. Why is everyone allowing this behavior? I don't understand it. Guys, let me know in the comments down below. Can you advocate for this at all? I don't see the logic behind it one bit. I'm confused. Oh, wow, a comment has actually said, maybe he needs a kidney donor. I mean, yeah, either that or money. Now that, Makes sense. I should have thought about that actually, and I reckon you lot have commented it down below. There it is. He's definitely after something. What exactly it is, we don't know, of course, but yeah, he's definitely after something from you, that's for sure. Stay away. I mean, you're clearly going to do that anyway, but stay away. And now for our final story of this episode making my senior parents homeless. I am a 30 year old woman, and me and my father, who is 64, have historically had a rocky relationship. My parents divorced when I was five and he married the woman he cheated on my mother with. I was an only child and she had four kids from a previous marriage. During my childhood years, I spent most of the allocated time dedicated to my father in the divorce with my paternal grandparents. Every two weeks and 42 days in the summer, they lived in a different state. I cherished the time I had with them and they would always go to bat for me. There was some tension caused early in my dad's new marriage due to my stepmom demanding that my grandparents go back to the store one Christmas and get equal amounts of gifts for all her children. Even taking some from me, gifting them to her youngest. I spent many times waiting on my mum's sofa for my dad to pick me up and he never did. I'd later find out he was on family vacations with his new family. Look, I could spend all day telling Cinderella stories, but I need to keep focus on this story. My grandparents picked up his slack. We spent summers learning how to make baskets, gardening, camping, and various different activities. Their home was a second home to me. When I was 13, I went to go and live with my dad after some methodical brainwashing, and I then would rarely see my grandparents. My grandma would call and they'd ignore it. It would hurt my heart to see it on the caller ID, knowing they were just on the other line, 
but my dad and stepmom would not allow it unless I sat at a table with them while on the call. So fast forward to summer of my freshman year, we went to visit my dad's side of the family. On the last night, my aunt and uncle who lived next door asked if I could stay the night with my cousins. My stepmom wanted her youngest daughter to be included. They declined because my stepsister was actually a thief. A fight then ensued in the front yard that night, resulting in physical altercations. My stepmother shoved my 74-year-old pap to the ground. He had a hip replacement in the 90s and already had a stiff walk. I was utterly terrified and distraught. As the chaos ensued, I packed my belongings because they said we were leaving. I vowed then that this would be the last straw and I would never forgive them. We missed their 50th wedding anniversary because my stepmom was still upset over what his family did to her that night. The next spring, my pap had a stroke and it was never the same. The man that helped raise me during his son's shortcomings didn't remember my name. He died in 2014. Later, I left home when I was 18 to go to college, where I met my husband. He's been my rock and helped when my dad throws fits in the last few years when he doesn't get his way. He showed me nothing but unconditional love and support and is the father to our child mine never could muster to be. I go no contact with my dad every couple of years because of his behavior. There's an old saying that time heals all wounds, but I don't believe that to always be true. I maintained a relationship with my mammy, my paternal grandmother, until her death in December. She was a cheeky one who left notes for us to find after death. The woman never forgot a thing when she felt slighted, and that also reflected in her will. So I inherit the house that's been deeded to me since 2001. My dad knew they'd give it to me, but I honestly think he thought he had a chance of fighting me for it. Since 2012, he and my stepmom have been living in an RV that is now starting to fall apart. He is retired military and has no savings. Right after the funeral, he stashed his belongings in closets. I discovered this after I changed the locks and added cameras as I live out of state and wanted security for the home before I sell my house and move into my childhood home. I put his stuff and what was owed to him in storage and my uncle gave him the keys. After learning this, he's been furious. My step-siblings keep reaching out, telling me I'm heartless for keeping him out of his parents' home. He called crying, and I coldly told him that if they wanted him to have it, they would have left it to him. I also told him he should have treated his parents better when they were alive. I have the deed in my hands, and there's nothing left for him to do about it. The estate is almost settled, and what land he does get will also have my name on the deed. I would rather share my childhood home with my daughter and all the whimsical things it had to offer, even if my dad ends up homeless. I mean, there we go. Uh, That sentence alone does sound pretty tough, isn't it? Even if my dad ends up homeless. But given everything that I've just read there, yeah, it makes sense. and I can't argue with that at all. Um, If anything... Let his stepkids take care of them. I mean, these guys are just ugh, horrible, aren't they? Your dad and your stepmom. Just, again, another pair of horrible entitled parents. Look, ultimately, he cared way more for your stepmom and her kids than he ever cared for your mum and you. So he's made his bed. Got a lie on it. Well, to be fair, it might be quite tough if he's homeless and doesn't have a bed, but that is on him. Entitled kid tries sending his police officer dad after me in a pro-revenge attempt. His plan backfires. From the mid-90s through early 2000s, I've spent my summers working as a counselor at a Boy Scout summer camp. I've worked in several different program areas, but this story happened when I was the director of the rifle range. Every week, we would get a new group of campers, and when they came up to the range for orientation, I would go over all the safety rules. 
I would finish by telling the kids, you all get one warning on this range. And this is the warning. There are only two safe directions to point your rifles, up in the air or down range. It doesn't matter if your gun is loaded or unloaded. If you break this rule and deliberately point your rifle in any other direction, you will be kicked off this range and will not be allowed to shoot here for the rest of the week. I would go over all of these rules again for the kids on the first day of merit badge classes to satisfy the safety rule requirements for the badge. And there were plenty of posters hanging around the range with all of the safety rules on them. In other words, there were no excuses to break them. One day, the scouts in my merit badge class were practicing shooting for the test they had to take at the end of the week. One scout, the entitled kid of this story, thought it would be funny to point his rifle at another scout and spout off some random action movie line. I ran up and snatched the rifle from his hands and yelled, what the heck are you doing? The entitled scout responds, but, but, but the gun wasn't loaded. Recite the safety rules now. The entitled scout recited them all, including the part about pointing the gun in an unsafe direction. I told him to hand over his shooting ticket. I tore it in half and said he was done on my range for the rest of the week. Later that afternoon, the range was open for free shooting. Everything was going smoothly until I noticed the entitled scout walking up the trail towards the range with his father, an assistant scout master who was built like an NFL linebacker. After the round of shooting ended, I called a ceasefire and told my assistant to keep an eye on the range while I handled the situation that was about to happen. As I approached the entitled scout and his father, he jumped up and down, pointed at me and yelled, that's him. He's the one who tore up my ticket and kicked me off the range. You're going to get it now. My dad's a cop and you're going to be sorry for what you did. Before I could get a word out, cop dad gets in my face and started chewing my butt out drill sergeant style. Now this story happened so long ago that I don't remember exactly what cop dad was shouting. I mostly remembered the poop eating grin the entitled scout gave me as he watched his father tear me a new one. I just stood there quietly and patiently, waiting for my turn to respond. Finally, cop dad said something along the lines of, so what do you have to say for yourself? Yes, I did tear up your son's shooting ticket and I kicked him off my range, I replied. But did your son mention why I did that? Cop dad's face went from angry to inquisitive. He blinked in rapid succession as he said, no, no, now that you mention it, he didn't tell me why. We both turned our attention to the entitled scout. His smile faded and he shrunk in our presence as he realized that his plan had just backfired. I loved returning the same poop eating grin that he gave me a few moments earlier. To the entitled scout's credit, he did tell the truth. He probably knew better than to lie to cock dad. And if looks could kill, the look on cock dad's face would have killed his son several times over. After a moment of silence, he finally said in one of the most intimidating voices I've ever heard in my life, go back to camp and wait for me at your tent. I'll deal with you soon. The entitled scout left to the tune of dead man walking. Cop dad turned to me and apologized for getting angry and chewing my butt out before knowing all the facts. To which I accepted his apology. For the rest of the week, cop dad would come to the range every day during open shoot, shoot my rifles and would hang out and talk with me. Turned out he was actually a pretty cool guy. At the end of the week, he told me that when they got home, 
he will finish his son's rifle shooting merit badge and he'll make sure that his son will never disrespect a firearm ever again you know what i actually rate this dad quite a lot how many stories have we seen over the years now of entitled parents just doing exactly what their kid says or not even listening to, to any other context or anyone else involved just saying oh no my angel is in trouble therefore i'm going to completely take their side but to be fair to this dad once he actually learned the context of what had actually happened he switched good man. I mean, let's be completely honest. This is very, very serious. It's a very, very serious situation. Even if the gun wasn't loaded, I mean, who really cares? Who knows, right? First of all, it definitely could have been. Second of all, it's just a terrible thing to do anyway, especially given the fact that he knows the rules, but it's just probably trying to show off. Yeah, his dad needs to let him know to never do that again. But once again, fair play to the dad for not just completely going crazy at you when you realize what had actually happened entitled ex-landlord demands i leave behind the washer and dryer i paid for so for the past two years i a 25 year old man lived in a small apartment building the apartment didn't have a laundry room for the building when i moved in but it did come with hookups for a washer and dryer in the apartment so i bought them myself because i work for a wildlife sanctuary and i get pretty dirty during my work just the other day i had to chase down and wrestle one of our wild boars bacon we didn't name him that he came with that name who loves to escape his pen and thinks it's funny to play chase i got completely dirty i was covered in grass stains and mud so i very much need a washer and dryer My boyfriend and I just got engaged, and since my lease was up, I moved into his house with him. I finished moving everything out of my old apartment yesterday, and I thought nothing about taking my washer and dryer with me as I had bought them. My boyfriend also had some, but they were old and kept breaking down and just cost too much to have fixed. Well, I woke up this morning to multiple missed calls from my old landlord. I left my phone number and new address in case any mail was delivered to my old place. I called him back, And he asked me why the washer and dryer was gone. I explained that I took them with me. He started freaking out, saying that he'd put that the place had a washer and dryer in the ad for the place. Apparently, I have raised the rent due to having those. He started demanding that I bring them back because the new clients that he set up to move in had already signed the lease, but they're not interested in the place without the washer and dryer. He even threatened to call the police if I don't take them back. I got angry and told him that I would do no such thing, reminding him that they belonged to me. I bought them and I still had the receipts from when I bought them, as well as a text from him when I moved, explaining that I was buying them myself. He again though threatened to call the police. I told him to do it and see what happened and I hung up at that point. Personally, I don't think I'm in the wrong. I bought them and they weren't cheap, so I feel I have the right to take them. My boyfriend is on my side, but today a co-worker of mine said they think that I'm the jerk for not telling the landlord that I was going to take them. In my opinion, that should have been obvious. I pay for them, why would I leave them? Well, my landlord went through with calling the police because the next day they showed up. Honestly, nothing really noteworthy happened. I explained to them what was going on and I showed them the receipt for the washer and dryer as well as a text from the landlord that I had from when I told him I was buying them. The cops took my statement and left. My boyfriend's father is a lawyer and he's going to be contacting my landlord and sorting everything out. He advised me not to respond to said landlord anymore for the time being. Yeah, this is completely and utterly ridiculous. And to be honest, I actually understand why the landlord is so angry because he knows he's clearly effed up here. 
If he genuinely thought for some stupid reason that you were going to leave the washer and dryer, then it does make sense to advertise the place as having a washer and dryer. And then, yeah, you can probably raise the rent a little bit due to having those appliances. But why has he done that in the first place? It's so dumb. He's messed up so badly. Now he's realized it and he's coming after you just to try and intimidate you, I guess, into letting him keep the washer and dryer. But, you know, as you said, they are legally yours. You bought them with your own money. You can obviously do what you want with them and you have the receipts. Simple enough. You shouldn't even need a lawyer here. Just, you know, you gave the police the statement and you showed them the receipts. You're completely fine. The landlord, though, is an absolute clown. Patient's boyfriend is mad that he has to pick up his own Uber Eats. I work in a high-level hospital as an ICU nurse and my managers are fantastic with staffing. Meaning if you have a crashing, heavy workload patient, they'll make the other patient you have an easier one so you can focus on the sick one. For background, ICU nurses have two patients and we specialize in critical thinking. Whereas the telefloor is the normal part of the hospital that people think about and holds less sick people who don't need as much attention. So these nurses have six patients and specialize in tasks and prioritization. So the beginning of my shift after report, I show my face and say hi to my less sick patient who is doing fantastically and is just waiting for transport to take her to her telly bed. I say I'll be back at around 9 p.m. in two hours unless she needs me for something. So this gives me time to stabilize the sick patient next door. Unfortunately, the sick patient in room one starts coding and the team is actively doing CPR. Crash cart in the hallway, three docs here, the whole team trying to save this young dude. My team is working on meds, intubating, keeping compressions going, etc. while I'm talking with doctors about what could have caused it. And I'm halfway outside the room for the healthier patient in room two. She sees me through the window, presses the cool light, and I ignore it because I have, what should have been obviously, very pressing matters. Her boyfriend ends up opening the door and standing in the doorway to just stare at me with his arms crossed. Just to give them the benefit of the doubt that she could be concerned about her health, I say, is everything all right? And he goes, hmm, and tries to lead me inside. Of course, I only pay attention to him when the docs go into room one to brainstorm on their own and assess where to go if we get the guy back. I look back through the window of room one and realize I can give them five seconds to make sure nothing funky is going on. So she says, can you get my Uber Eats order? It just said it arrived downstairs. I swear I could have had a stroke from high blood pressure at that moment. So I kindly say, I'm sorry, I'm busy with another critical patient. Could you? I looked at the boyfriend who's plopped in the recliner with his feet up, watching Netflix again on his phone. Go and get it for her? And he goes, I'd rather not. Oh, oh, good sir, you don't want to? You saw the mess next door through the window, me talking seriously with three docs and the hot mess of people outside your room as we try to save a dang life. So I tell him, I can't. The entire team is actively trying to save someone and none of us are available to leave. So either you get it or I can have someone get saltines for you instead. He sighs, gets up slowly and then says, fine, I guess I'll go get it then as I turn to head back into room one. The dude literally has to turn his shoulders to slide through the massive group of people. Still angry, he has to take one elevator down. When they get moved to another room at around 10 p.m., he's speaking loudly on the phone to someone, saying things like the nurses are rude, they won't even get food for their patients, etc. The icing on the cake? 
She had just gotten off an insulin drip for being in a diabetic coma. Never met a more entitled person who put having to walk and get their own food delivery above someone else's life. Well, there it is. That is definitely the most ludicrous story that we've had on this episode so far. I mean, that is an absolute disgrace. I don't even care, right? And I, and I don't mean this in a rude way to the guy that was obviously in a very life-threatening condition. I don't care if somebody is in a life-threatening condition. You can't ask a nurse at any hospital ever to go and get your food for you that you've ordered. That is just so dumb. Even if they're dealing with, with just, you know, standard patients that are sick enough to be in hospital but are doing fine. Why would you ever ask a nurse to do that? Unless you are literally on your own with no one else around to help you and perhaps you've pre-agreed with them that you're going to order some food. Could someone go and get it for you? Ideally, not a nurse then it's fine. But if you've got someone there in the room as well and they can't be bothered to go downstairs and get you your food, what? What's the point? And also, why are they even there in the first place? Are they not there to kind of give you support, look after you when you're in hospital? Go and get your food perhaps that you've ordered? Who knows? Absolutely crazy. Get your comments down below for that one, guys. Just insane. Now for our final story of this episode. This one I'm looking forward to. Thanks to Reddit, I stood up to an entitled Karen. What a title that is. I've been following various communities on Reddit for a few years now. To name a few, r slash am I the jerk, entitled parents, and of course, r slash entitled people, as well as the website, not always right. Wondering if people like that really exist or if it was mostly creative writing. I also wondered how I would react if I ever witnessed something like that myself. Well, now I know. A few weeks ago, on a bright Sunday morning, I was on my way to the zoo with my daughter, who is two, and my niece, who is two and a half. I stopped by the grocery store for a picnic. I don't know what it's like where you live, but here, foods and drinks and amusement parks and other places are far too expensive. Yes, that is true in England and America, to be fair. I had the girls in the trolley and got in line to the cashier. The lines were long, but hey, life, right? The cashier was doing her thing while chatting with the clients, and I was minding my own business talking with the kids and patiently waiting. Suddenly, I hear shouting and see an irate woman yelling at the poor cashier who was visibly getting more and more upset. The client, an older woman with no distinctive features, was yelling like a banshee because the cashier dared to wish a good day to the previous client and basically be nice and friendly. And because of that, our dear Karen was running late. Again, it was around 10.30 to 11 on a Sunday morning FFS. That's when I remembered all those stories. Those poor workers who are basically not allowed to talk back and have to take the abuse. And I decided to intervene. I have a very strong voice that carries loud when I want to. I asked loud enough for the entire store to hear, what the heck is your problem? What kind of behavior is that? I think the Karen was not expecting someone to dare to stop her tirade. She recovered and tried replying. I stopped her and told her that she was the only one holding back the line and that the cashier was doing her job and doing it well. In the meantime, the manager had arrived and had replaced the cashier, who was crying, with another worker and came to ask what was going on. Karen starts again. I let her rant for a few seconds and then gave my version of what happened in the most calm and sane voice possible. Let me tell you, Karen was fuming and started complaining again about the cashier being slow because she was chatting nicely with the customers. By then, her grocery was finished being rung and the manager asked her to pay and leave. This might not be the best climax compared to all the other stories I've read here. And if you've read so far, I hope that if you also encounter this type of entitlement, you will also remember all these Reddit stories and decide to act. Thanks for reading mine. Well, there we go. If you thought that 
me reading out all these stories every day was pointless, then you're wrong, as we can see. I jest, of course, but you know, maybe maybe that is the learning from all of us here. You know, if you see someone that's actively doing or wronging someone, and there's no reason for it, jump in. We've seen so many stories, again, over the years, where people haven't done that. And it's a shame, isn't it? Because just one little act of intervention, like we've seen here from OP, can, can have a massive, massive difference. Who knows? This woman, right, having a lovely day, this cashier, she could have really thought to herself, you know what, I'm done with this. If it's going to take just one person to ruin my day like that and cause me to cry, I don't want to do this anymore. But who knows? You jumping in may have made her thought, yeah, there are people like that that are always going to be in the world and are going to be horrible. But if the majority of people are lovely and like chatting to me, and then people like UOP will come to my aid and my rescue, when that does happen, maybe it's all good. And uh, we can just deal with these sort of people together. So yeah, you know what? I've learned a valuable lesson. Next time I see something like this, I'm getting involved. That for sure. Entitled sister-in-law tries to take credit for large cancer fundraiser donation. So context, my mother has a friend that has terminal cancer. She got diagnosed about a year or so ago and it recently went terminal. She only has a few months left. So her friends and family decided to have a fundraiser in her honor to help cover medical slash afterlife slash bucket list costs, as well as help the family out after she passes. This lady is an amazing person. Everyone in town knows and loves her. She's a hairdresser and has been doing my mum's hair for ages. My mum has been a big part of the planning and fundraising for this event. There are a handful of this woman's friends and family taking part in it. However, most of them live an hour or so away. So the businesses and people they are getting donations from are not in our town and they don't know anyone. So my mum took it upon herself to call dang near every business in town. Family owned shops and restaurants, chain shops and restaurants, travel agencies, insurance agencies, big places of employment, etc., as well as donations from the general public. She even got our local Walmart to donate. She's gotten everything from small items, gift cards, whole baskets, massages, discounts. She even got our local airport to donate two 30-minute airplane rides around our country. That is phenomenal. And the latest place to donate was our bowling alley. The guy who runs and owns the place is amazing. He also coaches both our high school bowling teams. When my mum called him, he said that he's going to take a bit to think about what to donate because he wants to do something other than just a free bowl or two. He ended up ordering two new bowling balls and is donating them along with two one-hour bowling parties for 10 bowlers. That's like a $400 donation overall, at least. So anyway, he told her last week when he called to confirm what he's donating to call back in a week today to check if it's in and if she can come and pick it up. She's been posting thanks on Facebook for the donators and telling them what they've donated to kind of give a peek at what the auction baskets will include. So she called today to ask if it's in and if and when she can pick it up. She was informed then that someone already had. My mum was not made aware that someone else was picking it up. She posted about the donation on Facebook and added in the group chat that they have for their friends and family. No one outside of that chat knew that she hadn't picked them up yet. So she messaged them all asking if one of them had grabbed it and forgot to tell her. But they had no clue what she was talking about. We thought maybe some jack wagon saw the post and decided to take it for themselves. I called the owner and asked if he knew who picked the stuff up. And he said... Janet. He said that since she was family, he thought that we'd sent her. My mum texted the group chat asking if anyone knew who she was. And it turns out that she is the woman's husband's sister. 
this sister is not in any of the group chats and hasn't attended any of the meetings regarding the fundraiser or the planning. The woman's daughter is in the group chat and is very active in the planning and the fundraising. She called her mum and asked if she heard from the sister and if she's seen the bowling balls or certificates and her mum said that the sister had actually brought them to her home saying that she had got this huge donation from the bowling alley. Now, none of the other donations have been going to her house. We don't want to clutter up her house and cause her stress trying to help plan. So the friends and family have been keeping the stuff at their houses until it's time for the fundraiser. So there's no other reason for her to take them to her house other than to take credit for it. I just don't understand why she would take it upon herself to go and pick up a huge donation that she didn't take part in without telling my mother, the one who got the donation, that she didn't need to go and pick it up because she had it covered. She took it straight to the women's house without asking the group that's planning where we're storing the donations. And she didn't tell anyone that she took it. She doesn't even live in our town. She lives 30 minutes away. So she had to go so out of her way to pick this up. She took it to her sister-in-law's house, trying to take credit for this huge donation when she hasn't put in a lick of work for this fundraiser and left us worried that someone else had just taken our donation and ran off with it. Honestly, after reading this, I kind of would have rathered it be someone just steal the donation and keep it for themselves. This, if anything, is worse. At least if someone went and just stole the donation, you'd say, you know what? That's a real shame. Isn't it so sad that these things happen and people out there exist? It's terrible. However, what the sister-in-law has actually done here is try to just completely devalue the entirety of your mum's work and the the number of other donations that have been made from, you know, a, an insane amount of people, it sounds like. If she is claiming this as her own, what does that then mean for everybody else who's actually done the work? Do you kind of get what I'm saying? So yeah, although I'm sure you'll get the donation back and that's unbelievable. The fact that she has put this like doubt perhaps into the woman's mind, into everyone else's mind about who's actually raising the money or what's going on here is crazy. Like it's, it's so much more selfish than if some random had just stolen the donation in the first place. Like she knows the level that your mum has gone to, like the effort that your mum has put in to get these unbelievable donations. Yet she's still done this. The audacity, not just the program that I'm using to record this audio on right now, niche joke, but the audacity. Now for our next entitled people story. Friend invited me and husband to stay with her for a week. And then the day before we left, gave me an itemized list of all the things we did that I needed to pay for. Okay, look, I get helping to pay for some things when you're staying with someone, but I was just blown away when she gave me this rundown list for things we did. She was my best friend. I'd known her since I was eight and we're now 50. Sure, we've grown apart since then because now she lives in another country and I rarely see her, but she kept begging us to come and visit her and her husband. They'd put us up for our entire stay and even offered to throw my husband a 50th birthday party because we'd be there during his birthday. Quite honestly, if I invited someone to stay with me, there's no way I'd be asking for any money from them. I can't imagine doing that. I was going to give her some money for things like the room they paid for when we went to another city and stayed over, but there were other things that I was like, wow, really? But she didn't simply ask for some money. She actually gave me an itemized list of what I owed her. Half of everything we did. My best friend, and she listed things down to the dime of what we owed her. So here is the list. $152.10 for a stay at a hotel room in another city. Okay, this I get. $105 for gas. $105 
for them driving us around town and out of town during our stay to show us the sights. $90 for birthday food for my husband's birthday party. This I get as well, I guess. But if you offer to throw a party for someone, you don't usually expect them to pay for half of it. Yeah, sorry, I disagree with you there, OP. I do not get that at all. They've offered to throw the birthday party. That's like they're offering to pay for it as well. That's kind of what that means, no? $136 on car rental. When we flew to another island with them for a couple of days, I get this as well. All right, that seems reasonable. $21 gas, I guess for around town driving. Wait, so that's on top of the gas that they've already charged you for, what? $6.50 for parking. For freaking parking the car in the city for one day. Really? And then $27 for airport parking. When we parked the car at the airport before taking a flight to the other island for two days. Really? So in total, that is $537.80. I was just blown away by this. I would have given them a couple of hundred to cover the hotel room and birthday food, but actually asking us to pay for the gas to drive us around and parking is ridiculous. Especially the measly $6.50. And the fact that it wasn't just $500, but $537.80. They asked us to come visit, and then unbeknownst to us the whole time, they were tallying up all these things that we did to split the cost of everything. They came and stayed with us a few years earlier, and I certainly didn't give them a tally of the groceries they owed or the gas spent driving them around. You ask someone to stay with you, then you pay for things. I mean, what can I seriously add to what I've already said? It's just so painfully obvious. This is just not the way to treat someone ever. If you were inviting someone to stay with you, it's it's pretty much just kind of a given that everything is on you, right? Now, a nice person in that situation would definitely offer to pay for things and would pay for things. I think that's accepted. You know, at least pay for a nice meal out or, or pay for a trip somewhere or whatever. Contribute to, to what you're doing, the activities. Got no problem with that. As OP has said, they're more than happy to, to pay for, for certain things here. But when you're getting an itemized bill, including something that's worth $6.50. Like how petty is that? That is just insane. You can't be dealing with that. And you've got to be rethinking this friendship. Seriously, that's mad. Now for our next entitled people story. Now this has actually been in the news recently. A crazy, crazy post. Women involved in the theft of Lady Gaga's dogs sued the singer for not giving her deserved reward for returning them. Her case was just thrown out of court. Lady Gaga owns three French bulldogs. While she was touring in Europe, she had an employee take care of them. While he was out walking the dogs one night, two men jumped out of a car and tried to take the dogs. During a struggle, Gaga's dog walker was shot in the chest, causing permanent injuries, including partial loss of a lung. Gaga posted on Instagram offering a $500,000 reward, no questions asked, for the return of the dogs. Not for the apprehension of the criminals to punish the attempted murder, just the return of the dogs. This distinction is relevant. Three men, James, Jalen, and Lafayette, were arrested and charged with a list of felonies. Jalen's father is Harold. Harold was dating Jennifer. After seeing the reward offer, Jalen gave the dogs to Jennifer, who took them to the police station, turned them in, and asked for the reward. At first, no connection to the crime was made, but eventually it was determined that her boyfriend's son stole the dogs and gave them to her to collect the reward. She eventually pled guilty to receiving stolen property and received two years of felony probation. But she then demanded that Gaga pay her the $500,000 as per her oral contract. When Gaga refused, Jennifer sued for breach of contract, fraud by false promise, 
and fraud by misrepresentation, asking for the $500,000 plus $15 million on top of that for financial damages, pain and suffering, mental anguish, and loss of enjoyment of life plus legal fees. Wow. Her claim is that she would not have returned the dogs if not for the promised reward and therefore was defrauded because she ended up with no dogs to keep or to sell this is unclear and no reward. Wow, what a lovely person. She wouldn't have returned the dogs if not for the promised reward. Just admitting you'd steal the dogs then, you clown. The judge ultimately dismissed her lawsuit with prejudice, which means she cannot attempt to file it again. Jennifer said she didn't know about the plan to steal the dogs ahead of time, but as the judge pointed out, she never claimed to not know the dogs were stolen by her boyfriend's son when she received them or when she turned them in. Notably, she never alleges that she was unaware that the bulldogs had been stolen after they were stolen or at the time that she received them. That is a direct quote. Wow, what an interesting story. To be honest, I'd forgotten really about the, the Lady Gaga dog fiasco and the fact that you know, the dog walker almost died. I mean, that would have been absolutely awful. But this woman, <laughs> the audacity once again to do this is just insane. Like, why? If you're gonna have a go and try and get this money, why would you not say that you didn't know that the dogs were stolen? Because by not saying that, surely you're just kind of welcoming or encouraging people, the police, really, to, to have a look at your situation and say, hmm, I wonder who you're related to and may they have stolen the dogs? Oh, oh yes, they have, what a surprise. Apart from the fact I'm not surprised at all. I mean, look, clearly this entire family are just disgraceful humans. It's, it's mad that this many people in one family are this horrible but yeah stealing dogs in the first place one of the worst things you can possibly do and then saying you know i wouldn't have even given them back if it wasn't for the reward well yeah you're just a horrible person aren't you simple as that more like entitled family rather than entitled people here and now for our final entitled people story of this episode someone in my old neighborhood wants a free house i found a letter in the mailbox when my wife and i listed our house last year i have redacted identifying info hey neighbor I hope this letter finds you well and in good spirits. I write this confident that it will find its way to someone willing to help me fulfill a very lofty goal. Over the years, I've longed to live in and raise my children and grandchildren in a safe, friendly, energetic, peaceful, clean neighborhood with good schools. I often pondered what it was like to live on the other side of the tracks, literally. On my way home from work, I'd veer off through the neighborhoods and imagine having a home here in this thriving neighborhood. It was always the trees for me. I earnestly believed that one day I'd make it happen, but unfortunately, I haven't. I've worked my tail off and managed my way through many, many obstacles, but I haven't hit that pinnacle. I do well for myself and live a well-rounded, happy life, and I'm uber grateful for what I have. I just don't think I'll ever be able to afford a home in this neighborhood on one income, especially with the market the way it is and no end in sight, unless, something marvelous happens therefore i am reaching out to the community to find out if there is anyone out there that would like to donate a home to me or sell me one at a ridiculously low sale price i know the audacity but there are those with abundance looking to bless someone i see it every day i even participate where i can I promise to be a good neighbor and to love it and appreciate it for the rest of my life i realize this is a radical idea but who knows what's out there someone that has way more than enough and would love to pass their home on to someone that simply asked has two and is ready to move to their warm weather home and doesn't need to turn a profit someone that's just plain sick of humans and is going off grid 
someone that just wants to pay it forward or could write it off, someone that bought a fixer-upper and life changed. I'm very handy. I'm getting older though. Or someone that just hit the Powerball and is leaving everything behind. Maybe you know someone with a home elsewhere. In a community just as lovable, well, please do pass the letter on. You never know. So here I am, asking. My dad always said, a closed mouth don't get fed. I'm currently renting in Redacted and I love it with the constant increase in rent that may not last much longer. I've worked for Redacted for almost 20 years. Well, when I started passing out this letter, I did. Unfortunately, I was part of their layoffs this week. I've attended a women's group in the area for 15 years as well. All reasons that I've intentionally left my name out of this. I'm hoping to save face for now. I made an email for responses to this letter. Please, no hurtful or hateful messages. I've seen the nasty comments on the forums and I assure you that I am a good person with a good heart and good intentions. I'll provide you with my full name, address, references, background check, no resale contract, you name it should you find interest in my request. Otherwise, thank you for simply reading my letter. So long for now. Turns out there are roughly 15,000 homes in this area, so I have a lot of work to do. Serious inquiries only, and then they've put the email address. You know what? I'm going to give a, uh, a controversial opinion here. I see absolutely nothing wrong with this. In fact, I quite like it. Uh, and I know the voice that I used there when, when you know, narrating this was a little bit, little bit silly, a little bit entitled as, as I tend to do. But genuinely, what's wrong with this? It's not harming anybody. This person shot their shot, and I say fair play. Who knows? If they have the time and the money and the effort level to, to print out a piece of paper with these words on and put it in the letterbox of 15,000 homes, then fair play. Maybe they'll get lucky. Who knows? I mean, what are the chances? You might find someone, I mean, sad, sad though it may be, an elderly person that is on their way, uh, for want of a better saying, has no family. I mean, this is quite sad, actually, but go with me on this. Has no, has no family to really let, let their house to. And they just say, you know what? Yeah, sure. Have it. And what do we do? We work all our lives to be able to buy lovely houses in lovely neighborhoods. If you can circumvent that and shortcut that by doing this, I say power to you, my friend. You know, this is the sort of sideways thinking outside the box that has amazing results. Now, that being said, it, it probably won't. Let's be honest. But if it, if there's a 1% chance that this comes off, even if there's a 0.1% chance, what are you really losing apart from a little bit of time? You're not, you're not losing your face, as you said, because no one knows who you are. Personally, I love it. I don't even think it's that entitled. I think it's just a fair request. I know a lot of you guys in the comments will disagree with me. I hold my hands up. It's a unpopular opinion, but I really rate it. It seems almost entrepreneurial. Uh, it's, it's clever thinking. I quite like it. Friends Entitled X begs her to let him move in because he had nowhere else to go. My soft-hearted friend Emma finally broke up with the parasite she once called her boyfriend. Carl has a hundred excuses for why everyone else is the problem. His bosses are mean and expect too much of him, like showing up for his shifts. His co-workers create a hostile work environment because they refuse to do his job for him. He's also realized that the people he called friends are not really his friends because they won't refer him for openings at their companies. Carl thinks that he has really bad luck. At the beginning of this month, one of these friends told him that their living situation is not working out. Kyle needs to find other accommodation by the month's end. He did nothing until this week. He'd been praying that his friend was a real one who wouldn't really kick him out. However, today his friend asked Kyle if he needed help packing. The month is over in one week, you see. In a panic, Kyle called Emma. He begged her to let him stay, all expenses paid by her until he gets back on his feet. 
People he thought were friends have shown who they really are and abandoned him. They abandoned him in his hour of need. And for what? Something as pithy as money? Don't remind him that all of his friends hosted him at some point. He not only paid no rent, he expected them to pay his living expenses. They're friends. He would do the same for them. Emma usually has a hard time saying no, but Kyle took advantage of her so badly that she said, I don't think that's a good idea. She blocked him everywhere, then called her scary sister to tell him off and threaten him away. Poor Kyle. He was turned away by everyone, abandoned, forsaken, and they knew he had nowhere to go. His mum's house does not count as somewhere to go. His mum is, in his words, a self-absorbed female dog. A good parent doesn't expect her 37-year-old son to hold down a job and pay rent. A good parent doesn't make him do chores and maintain a level of order in the common areas. A roommate wouldn't even expect this. Dropping the sarcastic tone, I am so proud of Emma for not falling for this. I hope he gets his life in order now, but even if he doesn't, at least it's not my friend's problem. Well, it sounds to me, guys, as if this man is just uh, more, of a, more of a child than a man, really. He, he's 37 years old, he can't look after himself and expects everyone else to do things for him. I mean, the point about him not even being bothered or not even seeing it as his duty to help with communal areas in a house it's crazy i mean who, who says that sort of stuff who believes that but i will say fair play for emma for standing up for yourself because i can imagine if you are you know i don't i don't want to be rude but someone that is a bit of a doormat a little bit sometimes as in someone that you know likes to please other people a people please is a, is a better way of putting it especially when you're in a relationship with somebody that you know you obviously were in love with at some point it can i imagine be extremely hard to say no to somebody even if you've, you've broken up with them and you, you're moving on because that's just the sort of person that you are on the whole a positive trait by the way i do like those sort of people but sometimes they can be a little bit too i don't know naive or, or kind of welcoming of other people when they shouldn't be perhaps too trusting who knows nonetheless fair play to her for saying you know what no at this point it's gone too far you're done get out of my life you man child let's move on now moving on to our second entitled people story of this episode now this one is actually quite a similar topic to the first entitled x ghosted my friend then demands a room in our house this isn't my ex but my best friend's ex she and i have been friends for years and live together now And now we live with my parents who adore her like their own daughter. I got her permission to post this. So my friend who is 30 came to the US from Latin America at 19 as a student. She also started dating her ex who is 29 after many years of hanging with each other, both during vacations and online. I've known them both since high school and they seemed good together. She tried to convince him to move in together a few years before their breakup. He was living with his parents who wanted him to leave. At this point, she'd already finished college and had a job in the US that granted her a visa. He'd quit college and worked part-time. From what I can gather, he didn't want to leave his parents' place because free food and no rent. So instead, she asked me if I wanted to move with her so we could afford a bigger place. I said yes, and we moved together. Adopted a cat and a dog and pretty much became Grace and Frankie. Whoever they are. Let me know in the comments down below. Clearly a cultural reference that I don't get. Not for the first time. Around the start of the pandemic, things got bad for them. This is what I was told and what I saw. They never talked or hung out or anything. I was in a breakup at the time myself, so I wasn't really on top since I had my own issues. But my friend cried so much. She didn't even get a happy birthday. After a year of no contact, she assumed the relationship was over. She changed all her social media to single, which you could see, took him off her emergency contacts at work and at her doctor's, 
and just moved on with her life. Wait, so he ghosted her for a year? That is mad. You, you ghosted his own girlfriend? What? This year, my stepdad's health has gone downhill and my mum needs help caring for him. She works full time as a therapist. I work from home and my job is very flexible. So I put in the idea of all of us living together and I'll care for my dad. Eventually my mum too. My mum loved the idea and asked my bestie if she wanted to move with us too so we could all be together. And also because at this point, I can't see myself not being in the same house as her. We've come to terms as being single ladies. Heck, we've joked that one of us should adopt and will become a parent slash aunt dynamic. And now the joke is more serious since I'm considering it and she's incredibly supportive. No, we're not dating. She's straight. I'm bi. We're just incredibly close after all the BS we've lived through together. We found a perfect house. Four bedrooms, two and a half bathrooms. Enough space, a yard, everything we need. And we got it after a bunch of difficulties and arrangements. Since I don't have immediate plans for adopting yet, I have a ton of paperwork and years of planning ahead. We made the extra room into our office slash gaming hub. We both work at the same place. Totally not on purpose. They were hiring and we both needed visas. And as proud first time homeowners, we posted pictures. Her ex, who by this point has been MIA for three years, messaged her saying he was so excited to move into the new house. She told him this was her house with me and my parents. He said, since they were a couple, she should kick me and my parents out so that he could move in. I want to point out that my parents bought the house. We, my friend and I, will pay them our parts over the years. And if she decides to move out, I'll finish paying and I'll buy her part out. This is all in paper and signed. So she obviously told him that he was not moving with us and that he ghosted her so there was no relationship. He went on a tirade that he never broke up with her, that she was abandoning him, that she never cared about him, etc. That made me angry. I took the phone from her and I told him that he could live in a bear cave for all I care, but to leave my friend and our house alone. He went ballistic and began calling us some names, referring to the LGBTQ plus community that would probably get this post flagged. So I'll leave that to your imagination. My friend started crying and I was absolutely done with him. I never thought he was abusive, but my friend confessed to me that this was not new. He always had issues with the two of us living together and accused her often of cheating on him with me. We ended the call and I told her that she needed to block him for her own sanity's sake. She deserves so much better than this man child. She got me to leave my abusive ex when I was in high school. She took me to the hospital when he beat me up and called my parents. My friend is my family and I'll be dead before I let some idiot with commitment issues make her suffer. Since then, he's gone on a major campaign in our friend group to say that my friend abandoned him and left him homeless since apparently he cancelled his lease after he saw we bought a house. Okay, so he's just a complete idiot then. He also claims that we're lesbian satanists that probably abuse our pets and are mooching off my parents. Most of my friends know the story and know that my friends and I moved together first out of necessity. Then we just don't see ourselves not living together. So yeah, my friend's ex is a nutcase. And if he ever gets close to her again, I will personally give him a free vasectomy. All right. Now, interestingly, we actually do have an update from OP. Let's get into that straight away. Hey everyone, a bit quick on the update, but some people asked if our friends knew where the ex was hiding for three years. And I was actually curious. Since I was down for the count at work today, I had time to check with my friends and find out more. Apparently, my bestie did ask them, but they didn't know. 
From what they tell me, he kind of got back into everyone's life in the last year or so, but he was part of the group because they were besties friends, not really his. I don't personally know many of his own friends, to be fair. I did track down the ex's sister, thanks to social media, and I poked her for info. She's actually very nice and has always treated my bestie right. I told her what her brother did, and her response was very interesting. Apparently, the ex was dating other girls until his parents decided to move outside of the US. He's now living on a friend's couch. The last she heard was a couple of days past when they went out for coffee. He was saying he's got this brand new house and was going to be moving in this week. As far as she knew, my bestie begged him to take her back and let her live in his house. I did correct her and said that no, the bestie is living with me and my parents in our new house. Her reaction was, ah, of course he lied. And she just thanked me for letting her know he was BSing. Aside from that, I do want to report that we're safe. He doesn't know where we live. And most people don't because we're not really ready to open Pandora's box and have friends come over. We also need time to figure out who we want in the know. We won't be going to the police unless something serious happens, just because this is technically not a crime. But we are going to keep recordings and print text conversations. If he tries anything, we have all our papers in order. And just in case, I plan to contact our company's HR so they know the situation. The company we work for can provide us free legal counsel if things get bad. Now, this one is a little bit like the first story, but just a bit more insane, if anything. I mean, ghosting someone for three years and then saying, wait, what do you mean? It's not my house. We're together, right? Like, you've not contacted them for three years. How how has that come into your head as as a genuine thought? That's insane. I mean, I, th- I thought the first story was pretty mad, but this is just another level. How? I mean, I should have probably realized that this guy was stupid after OP said that he canceled his lease after he saw that we bought a house. <laughs> it's two things that don't really you know, go hand in hand there, to be honest with you. But I mean, fair play. I mean, I kind of rate this guy's delusion. It's, it's just a, a crazy level of belief or just, I don't know, being mental, really. Three years of ghosting and then saying, can't wait to move in fair play i want that sort of courage i really do i admire it if anything let's carry on entitled sister would have me lose my job and house to attend her destination wedding my younger sister has always had issues with entitlement taking advantage of others throwing fits and being verbally abusive and being a miser not trying to dispense armchair diagnoses but she really does check every box of npd a few years ago she announced her engagement to a nice guy who is a pushover he expressed not wanting to get married for a while but she proposed to him not that there's anything wrong with that and kept pressuring him to get married okay maybe there's something wrong with that he comes from a wealthier family than us and is good with money and investments perfect combo for her to take advantage of and have someone bankroll her delusions he wanted a modest local wedding so friends and family could attend my sister decided that she wanted a destination wedding outside the country at the time my husband and i didn't have the best paying jobs he was working on a second degree and we had eminent goals of buying our first home together we regretfully declined her invitation because the trip would cost us three to four thousand dollars which we did not have It would have to go on a credit card when we rsvp'd no she said she and her now husband wanted to pay for everything so that we could attend my husband and i were floored because one that is a lot of money and two my sister has never been one to offer to pay for anything we accepted our offer with a lot of gratitude a couple of months go by and she asks if my husband and i have booked our plane tickets and hotels yet and said 
they just keep getting more expensive the closer they get to the date, you know? Um, what? I've never expected anyone to just give me anything, but my financial situation hasn't changed. We tell her as much. And she says, well, my husband and I looked at all the prices a while ago and it's too much money. So you guys will have to take care of it yourselves. So we ignored her and went on with our goals. Months go by and my husband and I both get better jobs and buy our house. My sister comes back and asks again if we purchased our tickets despite repeatedly telling her no. We tell her again, no. And at this point with our new jobs, we aren't allowed to take time off yet and we don't have enough PTO anyway. When I started my job, they offered to honor upcoming events if I needed time off, but I said I didn't need anything since I'd already planned on not going to the wedding. We didn't have savings and we took on a mortgage, so we can't tack on credit card debt too. I was so annoyed with her constant, just figure it out tantrums and if you really loved me speeches. I tried to frame it differently so maybe she could understand. I told her that attending her wedding would mean that we would have to no show at work, likely lose our jobs, not be able to pay our mortgage and then lose our house. I said to her, So are you okay with my husband and I losing our jobs and house and risking homelessness so that we could attend your wedding? Of course, she didn't have a good answer for that. She has no concept of money because she has always manipulated people into paying for her. She's never been able to hold a job. She has no empathy for others, yet she thinks she is deserving of special treatment. I don't understand where it came from because our parents raised us to be hardworking and to not expect anything from anyone. Our parents and my husband and I couldn't afford to attend. Her husband's family could and wanted to go, but she wouldn't allow it because it would be weird to only have his family there and not mine. She put up a huge paywall and then blamed us for having to elope and went no contact with us. It's honestly been a huge relief after a lifetime of her abuse. Just some further information at the end here as well. When we accepted her offer to pay for our trip, she said not to worry about anything at all. She said she'd book our flight and hotel and everything and just sit back and relax because she really wanted us to be present at the wedding. She just gave us the dates to put in time off requests at our old jobs. So this is why we didn't buy anything with the intention of her reimbursement. And we were surprised when she asked us if we'd done that stuff yet. We should have known better since all of that is very unlike her. I, um, I don't like this person. I will say off the bat. Uh, that is 100% obvious because she is just weird. I just don't really get people like this. Why is this, why does someone like this exist? It's just odd, isn't it? What is she doing? Seriously, what is she doing? I could go into the specifics and the details about the things that she said and how weird they are but overall she just sounds absolutely exhausting and just a horrible person to have in your family yeah i, I get what you're saying at the end you're happy that she's pretty much gone no contact suits you right but imagine having someone like this in your life oh so tiresome i just couldn't be bothered I mean, even if like you had to see her at a family barbecue or christmas i would just say like i'm not coming can't be bothered what a, what an annoying person to have to deal with there we go now for our final entitled people story of this episode entitled neighbor leaves a note on my car every single week i live in an apartment building with no parking so i have no choice but to park on the street my street also has a school on it that prohibits parking on its side monday to friday until 6 p.m the other side has a two-hour parking even for permit holders the entire area is permit parking only which i have So there are a total of about seven spots on my block where permit holders can leave their cars Because of this I can never get a spot on my block and I park one block down Which is the same permit zone 
This area is all houses and each one has a driveway. I typically don't use my car every day, but I never go without it for long stretches unless I'm traveling. It's also a parking violation here to leave your car in one spot for longer than 72 hours which apparently some people take very seriously. Recently, one of my neighbors has been leaving a note on my car every single week. This is not an exaggeration. I've gotten four notes in the last four weeks citing the above parking code, even if my car has only been there for less than two days. The note always says that I can't leave my car in one spot for multiple days, which technically I have 72 hours. I always ignore it because even if I do get reported, which I'm sure I have been, someone from the city comes out the next day for an inspection and then monitors the vehicle for the next 72 hours to see if it's still there. This law is really to prevent abandoned vehicles, not for people getting upset about cars parked in front of their houses for multiple days. The hilarious part is that the note goes on to say how disrespectful it is to your neighbors to leave your cars parked in front of their houses but constantly leaving notes on cars is totally respectful. This has been going on for months, but this was the first time I got four notes in a row, and now I'm going for the high score. I know it's a law, and I rarely leave my car parked in one spot for longer than three days, never more than a week unless I'm traveling, in which case I leave it at the office to avoid street sweeping. Also, my car isn't old, dirty, or looks abandoned. This person truly just has nothing better to do with their life. Yeah, I don't necessarily think that's like the the most insightful thing ever, but it is very weird. Surely you'd wait until someone is actually breaking the law before you leave a note. Like you wouldn't warn someone that in 24 hours, for example, you're going to be breaking the law. That's a bit strange, isn't it? Like, you know, think of another example here. Say that the permitted time of parking was 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. and you couldn't park outside of those times. You know, it's, it's just a, it's just an example. At 4 p.m., you wouldn't leave a note on someone's car saying, "Hey, just so you know, you've only got an hour left. If you've not moved your car by 5 p.m., you're in massive, massive trouble." You'd wait until 5 and then let them know, wouldn't you? If if you cared at all, it's a bit weird to do it preemptively, especially like given the actual example that we have here, that they're doing it after two days when you still have a whole other day to move your car. And also, as OP said, that's not really the point of the law at all. Like, that's just kind of using it in the wrong way. It's to stop people abandoning cars or leaving it there for weeks, I imagine. Uh, it's just very, very strange. And yeah, it does come across as someone that does have nothing better to do in their lives. I get it. It's not ideal having other people park in front of your house, but you have a driveway. So therefore, you, you can always park because it's your driveway. I, I don't really see what the problem is. And again, it, it can't be an eyesore because OP said that their car's pretty nice i think this person is just a little bit yeah entitled for want of a a more appropriate word but really that is what it is it's it's weird it's a weird thing to do i would say maybe just have a little bit of caution because if they're leaving notes in your car and they're keeping doing it every single week for literally no reason then they could cause damage to your car in future for no reason as well i'm just thinking like if they're getting this angry over this and you're going to keep doing it of course because you're well within your rights to do so just be warned that they could step it up a level. So maybe, I mean, maybe you already have a dash cam, but yeah, maybe invest in a little dash cam for your car just in case the worst happens. My mother-in-law photoshopped my husband's nose on our wedding pictures. How do I tell him? I am a 27-year-old woman and I've been with my husband, who is 29, for seven years. I remember that early in our relationship, one of the first things he expressed insecurity about was his nose, specifically about its width. He never wanted surgery, but he thinks that his nose is too big for his face. I never thought that true, and for a long time, I wondered where he'd gotten that idea from. 
Then I met his mother and all my doubts went out the window I don't hate her but the woman complains about everything and she seems particularly interested in criticizing her sons Barely anything about my husband or his older brother is good enough for her And if it is she is quick to imply they don't deserve it According to my brother-in-law that behavior didn't start until my father-in-law passed about eight years ago So they don't usually hold it against her But to me, it seems like she legitimately doesn't want her children to be happy Most times that we talk to her, my husband ends up devastated She constantly complains about me, his job, our apartment, and his appearance She has, on more than one occasion, suggested that he get a nose job That tends to upset him, so I always try to shut that down as quickly as possible We got married in early May The photos were ready about two months later and we created a shared album on google photos for our friends and family Including of course my mother-in-law. I got pregnant during our honeymoon Can't recommend Dubrovnik enough and i'm now 24 weeks along. We've had problems with my mother-in-law concerning my pregnancy We're having a boy and she had a breakdown because she wanted a girl that forced us to put her on an info diet That was two months ago and she has since improved her behavior Because of that, we said yes when she invited us to go to a mall near her place to shop for baby clothes last Saturday. My husband had an emergency at work and ended up not coming, but we still managed to have a good time. When we were done, she invited me back to her place. I hadn't been there in a while and I quickly saw that she'd gotten some of our wedding pictures up on the wall. I instantly noticed something was wrong with them, but I couldn't pinpoint what it was yet. My mother-in-law saw what I was looking at and proudly announced that she'd gotten someone to fix his nose In other words, she gave her son a photoshop nose job on his wedding pictures I could not believe it. I never thought she'd stoop so low. It wasn't even a good nose job It was so bad that my husband's face didn't look real He looked like a Ken doll and not in the hot Ryan Gosling way My mother-in-law must have seen how mad I got because she instantly tried to defend herself She tried to make the point that her son deserved to look his best on his wedding day and I should have convinced him to get the real nose job before our ceremony. I made up an excuse to leave, but I could tell she knew the real reason. She's been calling and texting me almost every day since. I've been ignoring her, but she's always either apologizing, accusing me of overreacting, or begging me not to tell my husband. I know it seems trivial, but I am outraged. And the more I think about it, the more disgusted I get. I could never imagine doing something like that to my child. I haven't told my husband yet, mostly because we've both been busy with work this week, but also because I have no idea how to. His mother was finally starting to be a better person around him and his brother, and I know it will break his heart to find out about this. I don't know what to do. I have to tell him, but I can't figure out how. I know he loves his mother and I don't want to damage whatever relationship they still have. My mother-in-law also mentioned she intended to send the improved pictures to some of her relatives So i've got to find a way to shut that down So how can I tell my husband that his mother photoshopped his face on our wedding pictures? More importantly, what would be the most peaceful way to do it? Wow, what a start to the episode. I mean that is just an unbelievable story I've never heard anything like this. That is incredible Now I will say off the bat, it's very sad that your father passed away and I completely understand why OP, your husband and his brother have kind of given their mum a pass for a number of years because, you know, a death in the family like that is completely tragic and it it could and, you know, probably would lead to some unexpected and strange behaviour. However, it has now been eight years and she's still being horribly and horrifically abusive 
this is insane. I mean, the fact of the matter is, you have to tell him and there's not going to be a piece of way of doing it. You have to tell him the facts. He deserves to know. Yes, you don't want him to fall out with his mum, but if someone is doing this to your husband, I don't care who it is. It's literally incredible. Like, that is mad. You've got to tell him. He's not going to like it. Who knows what the repercussions and consequences might be, but that's for him and you and, you know, his mum to deal with. Absolutely unbelievable. I've never heard of anything like this. Just incredible. Guys, comment down below. What do you think OP and her husband should do in regard to the picture, the pictures, and also just his mum in general? For me, I'd say you're not allowed to have those pictures up. It's disgusting. Either you have the real pictures up, or I'm not going to talk to you again. And I understand it's easy for me to say as this is not my mum and it's not my family, but I'd be very tempted to, to put that sort of ultimatum in place. Once again, what a start to the episode. Unbelievable. Let's carry on. Now for our next Entitled Parents story. Entitled Dad called the police on me for sitting in a pool. This just happened today and I'm so mad. I am a 28-year-old man and I'm autistic and I just wanted to spend some time relaxing in our local swimming pool. I had black goggles and I like to swim underwater. I also like to simply rest against the poolside and chill. Also, I was the only adult male without any children in this pool, which is clearly for everyone to use. Shallow at one end, deep at the other, etc. I'm just resting by the poolside when a manager, not even a lifeguard, a manager comes over to me and tells me my presence and behavior is making someone uncomfortable. He explained that somebody had complained that me diving underwater and simply sitting by the side of the pool was apparently unacceptable because I was apparently doing this to peep on children. He told me this in a non-accusatory tone and seemed to sound as confused as me about this. Okay, well, that's good at least. At first, I thought I was upsetting some over-worried parent and being a parent myself, I felt horrible. I explained that I was just relaxing by the poolside. I offered to take off my goggles to put them at ease and I even wanted to apologize to this person. The manager seemed to accept this and presumably went back to the parent to let them know I was sorry for upsetting them. About 10 minutes passed and the manager was back, telling me the police had arrived. I was shocked and asked if it was about me. The manager said yes and that they wanted to talk to me. This is when I meet the entitled dad for the first time. Big guy, maybe early to mid 30s and pretty buff looking. This is the only time he spoke to me and all he said was, you better go quietly or I'll tell everyone here you're a pedophile. He walked away before I could reply and the manager led me out the pool. I felt tempted to flip this Kevin the bird as I walked by, but I kept my cool and just left. I get to the locker rooms and two policewomen were waiting. Fortunately for me, they were really nice and friendly with me the whole time. After grabbing a towel, they started asking me what happened and what I was doing. I was honest and told them I was just trying to relax and had no idea that I was upsetting this person just by being there. I even told them I was autistic, which led to one of the officers telling me they had a family member who was also autistic. They then asked me for my details to run me through their database. While that went on, the entitled dad walked by and one of the officers asked to talk with him. He agreed and they went elsewhere. I got changed back into my clothes and as I was coming out of the changing room, the entitled dad was in my way with his back to me. I couldn't quite hear what he was saying over the other people in the room, but I did hear him rather loudly order his kids to stay put while he went to get changed. He walked off without seeing me and I left the locker room. The police stayed with me in the lobby until their database came back. Of course, it came back that I had no history of crime and the gym staff had told the officers that I had no history of disturbing other people and I was free to go. However, the entitled dad was hanging around near the back of the lobby watching me. The police saw this too and offered to give me a ride home since I'd walked to the gym. 
I accepted since I was pretty shell-shocked by the whole ordeal and I was worried that this guy would try something on my way home. In all, this was a really scary experience and I'm still shaking typing this. I'm just glad the manager and the police were professional enough to let me speak my piece. I should mention there were other parents in the pool who didn't care about my presence. Another dad and his kids were playing right next to me and he didn't care. Now, good news on this one is that we do have an update. I went back to the gym today to see if the same manager was on duty. Thankfully, he was, and he took me aside to explain his perspective on things. I'll call him Mike. Apparently, that Kevin seemed to be trouble from the start, being very irate with Mike as well as other staff members. The only reason it wasn't the lifeguards dealing with him was because they were scared of him. Being 17, 18 years old, this guy was an early 30s looking buff man. Even Mike, roughly the same age as the Kevin, was concerned with his behavior thinking if he got near me, we'd end up throwing hands. When Mike first told him that I'd offer to leave my goggles off so I wouldn't dive underwater, that apparently wasn't good enough. Then when the police arrived, Mike had actually just told them he was concerned for my safety. Nothing about the pedo accusation. No wonder they were so nice. I then asked Mike if at any point he thought I really was a threat to the kids. He laughed and said no saying that when I'd mentioned I had kids of my own, the fact that I'd offered to apologize and attempt to de-escalate things, he could tell I wasn't dangerous. He was thinking more about me being safe than whether or not I was a threat, and the police seemed to think that way too. At one point after I left, the Kevin got mouthy again, and a receptionist chewed him out for his actions. I wish I could have seen that. Then Mike asked if I'd made it home okay, and I told him about the police giving me a ride. Their car wasn't inside the building. He was relieved and hoped that this event hadn't put me off coming back. I do plan to come back to this gym now since I can count on the staff to have my back. But yeah, everything is cool now and everybody knows what an idiot that guy is. So I don't think I'm in any further trouble anymore. Oh, and to answer why I left, I was given the choice as to whether to go or not. Nobody actually told me to leave. I was planning on leaving a few minutes before this encounter anyway, so I didn't mind too much. It was only when the police officer caught the Kevin staring at me that they offered to give me a ride. Okay, so let's be completely honest here. Realistically, this man is wasting police time, right? OP has not committed a crime or been anywhere near to commit a crime. What they're doing is completely within in the rules of, of not just society, but also, you know, the pool and the gym. And yet he's had the police called on him. If that's not wasting police time, I don't really know what is. There's not even a, a semblance of a crime going on here. He's just swimming in a pool. Simple as that. Like, he's not being creepy either. It's, it's not as if he's, like, going really deep underwater and going up to kids and stuff like that. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. People really hope he's not doing that. Let's just say that. He's not doing that. Let's be, let's be honest. So, there's just no need. I mean, I really hope he's not doing that. Can I just make that abundantly clear? Because if he is, that changes everything. But from everything that I've garnered from this story, he's not doing that. Um, and he seems like a normal guy, just chilling out. And he's got kids of his own. It seems unlikely that he was doing anything crazy. But uh, you never know. Um, but yes, in all seriousness, this this guy, this Kevin, has wasted police time and he deserves to be punished for it. To be completely honest, though, yeah, I- I'm not surprised that you're shaken up by this. Like, to just be going about your normal day and then the police called on you for no reason. That is gonna shake you up. You're gonna be scared because you're thinking to yourself, wow, am I, have I acted incorrectly? Am I doing something illegal? Like you're gonna have these questions. It's gonna shake you up, even if what you're doing was completely normal and fine and what you tend to do as it, as it was. 
yeah, I don't really think you should blame yourself for that or think, oh, why am I shaken up by this? That that would shake me up as well. Scary stuff. It's just a good thing that the that the police and the manager were on your side and didn't jump to conclusions. Now for our third entitled parent story. Two kids unzipped my cat's carrier and were reaching inside to pet my cats. This happened a few months ago when I took my cat to a cat show. For those who don't know much about cat shows, when they aren't being judged, they hang out in large pop-up kennels. It's normal for parents to bring their kids to the cat shows, but this cat show had so many kids running around, it was insane. I've never seen so many kids at a cat show. I have nothing against bringing your children to cat shows. Just please stay with them and teach them to respect the cat's personal space. So anyways, my cat was sleeping inside a little cat cave inside of his large pop-up kennel. I went to go to the bathroom and when I came back, two children had unzipped the kennel and one was petting my cat. Why would anyone ever open a pet carrier and touch a random cat they don't know? I would have never done that as a child. I don't know where their mum was, but the girl was saying that my cat wanted attention and that's why she unzipped it. But he was still inside his little cat cave that was inside of the pop-up kennel. They're lucky I have a ragdoll cat. Extremely chilled, cuddly, social and known as the puppy of cats. Additionally, my cat volunteers with kids once a week, walks on a leash and vibes with literally everyone. But I cannot describe how upset this made me. I want to add that I've never had any issues with kids at any other cat shows but this one, But another thing is that when I was taking my cat to be judged, a kid touched his tail and I had a couple of other kids try to ask to pet him as I was taking him to be judged another time. To be honest, I think that's all right personally, just jumping in here. But I understand the previous bit, that is not okay. Also, I had to fuss at some kids who went to another person's pop-up cat carrier and had their hands and faces pressed against the mesh to see the cat inside because that's probably very intimidating for the cat. I want to say once again that I've never had issues with kids at other cat shows. I don't know what happened at this one, but for some reason, there were so many kids. I would like to add finally that most kids did have parents with them and were behaving well. Okay, an interesting story here. Just to explain what I was saying earlier, I feel like if a kid asks you at a convention like this, where you know there are going to be, you know, families around and, and lots of animals, if they explicitly ask you, can I pet your cat? I think that's okay. If you want to say no, if you want to say yes, completely fine, up to you. But if they ask you and then you give them permission or not, I think that's fine and that's polite and that's to be expected. But if they just go up randomly to a (laughs) pop-up kennel, unzip it, and then unzip another compartment as well inside it, and then pet a sleeping cat... Yeah, that's not on. And I know they're kids, but I mean, I agree with you. I wouldn't have done that when I was a child and and nor would the majority of people. That is entitled and their parents should be having words. And now for our final entitled parent story of this episode. Sister-in-law freaks out because she feels my boyfriend and I are denying her child food. My boyfriend's family came to town for a week and stayed with us. We made sure to have clean towels, fresh sheets, a stock fridge, etc. Unfortunately, two days after they got here, my boyfriend got laid off. Ever since then, he's been really down in the dumps and grumpy. My boyfriend's family doesn't have the best manners. They leave dirty plates behind, don't clean up after their kids' messes and such. I tried my best to ignore it and just clean up after them when they weren't home. Today, during lunch, we serve lasagna. After we finished eating, my boyfriend's sister got up and started packing lasagna for her kids to have for dinner. She packed what her kids left over and was adding more on top. They weren't going to be spending the night with us, so she wanted to have a quick and easy dinner ready for them. I told my boyfriend that if there wasn't enough lasagna left, I can order him dinner and to not worry. 
My boyfriend got up and asked his sister how much she was taking because he wanted to make sure that him and I also have enough food for dinner. Again, he's been very stressed about money since getting laid off. I mean, that is understandable. She screamed at him. How dare you deny food for my child and picked her things up and left. Everything escalated out of nowhere. She packed her things and went to another rental. She felt like we were denying her child of food. I began crying and ran to my room because unfortunately, I don't do well in these types of situations. I grew up around an emotionally abusive family and these events are really triggering for me. She told my boyfriend that she did not feel welcome and she felt like we were being rude to her. So am I at fault for making her feel unwelcome or is she just an entitled parent? She said that I was super rude for making that initial comment in the first place. The one where I told my boyfriend to not worry if we do not have enough food left. A simple conclusion for me here is that your boyfriend's family simply sucks. I don't think I need to say anything else other than that. Am I missing any details, sir? You guys let me know in the comments down below. For me, that is the conclusion. There's nothing more to say. We can get into the, the, you know, like we can nitpick through the story, but we don't need to. It's just, she's a joke of a woman. Simple as that. And that is going to do it for this one. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.